are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And here we are, another fine evening, uh, getting ready to talk about who knows who knows what. <laughs> Actually, ironically, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Well, today. we did last week, too, and all we did was talk about mom screwing. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what would she do for a Klondike bar? Con- you know, it was that kind of episode. Um, <laughs> was honey, what do you do did for I money, so- honey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, so that was last week. That was kind of fun. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I can actually, and I can leave last week. Someone asked me, like, how much did you drink? I was like, I, I think I had like a couple of beers, but dude, I was, I was sober last week. You know, I, uh, I had, I don't know. I had a couple of, I mean, I had like three beers over the course of a couple of hours. I really didn't drink much. It, that was <laughs> last week is last week is a great example of the result of we weren't drunk. The story itself was so funny that the jokes just kind of told themselves. Yeah, you had to just run with it anyway. But here we are. We are back. Uh, we do actually we have some stuff we want to talk about. Um, hopefully it's not too serious of a conversation. I don't think any of it is. But, but we, will, we, will, we will get into that, that stuff. And then the goal is for next week for us to do our top ten lists. Ah, crap. I, ah, crap. I think I have mine generally done uh i will tell you my list is generally done because i found like when i make my top 10 list i take all the records because i make a playlist every year of every new album i put it into a playlist and then what i do is i immediately cross out all the ones that i know i didn't like or that i really wasn't all that into and i get myself down to all the records i liked I liked enough to actually care to look at them a second time for this list. And I'm normally down to like 25. This year, I think I was down to 13 or 14 just on the first cut. I had less than 15. I had no more than 15 albums this year that I legitimately considered for my top 10. Um, Where normally, like I said, my my list would normally start, start a lot bigger. Uh, I, uh, so I will gladly say, I will not gladly, I will unfortunately say that not to say there weren't a lot of great albums that came out this year, there just weren't a lot of albums that really blew my skirt up, you know, they, there just weren't, there was a handful that I really like, but I will go as far as to say my, when just looking at my top 20 or my top 10, I'm not even entirely sure how many of these would have made my top 10 had they come out last year. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying know. to be Mr. 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 Bitch and Wine. I'm just, honestly, most of these, there, there's two or three that would probably make a top 10. Like my top three or four, maybe. But the rest of them wouldn't wouldn't make a top 10 normally. I don't S- think um so uh some years it's really hard yeah it wasn't as hard so i don't know 
The um, order, I mean, the order is always hard, but picking out what ten it was going to be was not all that hard because I, there was just a lot of stuff I didn't like, and there there were some serious disappointments this year too. There, there were, there really were, and again, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I mean, the new Camelot was a serious disappointment. Uh, the new Burning Witches wasn't bad, but didn't do anything for me. The new Cattle Decapitation, maybe Cattle Decapitation fans really love it, but coming off of a record that I really loved, I really did love, and we both did. We really liked their last album. This one, I was just like, nope, not into me. That is not their fault. This might be a fine album. It's just not for me. So I am not putting that record down. I'm just saying it's not for me. So, um, um, so you uh, know, we'll, we'll we'll get more anyway, into this. I think we'll get more into yeah, this yeah, when yeah, we yeah, actually do our know. list because this is this is more you know for that. But there's yeah, a couple. Yeah, no, I know. Sorry, I just I was looking at it. And it it's making me sad. So there's so there's I a couple there's now. a couple things I wanted to say uh, as we right, kick off the I'm show gonna, because they're they're little they're little they're little like you know vignettes whatever you want. Um, a, I'm going to eat some hot tamales. So what I, like I wanted this. to say first of all is um, I I don't know if I mentioned this yet because it was you know so hilarious. So I ordered a bunch of albums. You know I ordered you know lots of record labels were having um, lots of record labels were having sales. So you know I took advantage of a lot of those sales, filled in some 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 gaps that I had in my collection. But the coolest thing I found that I did not order. And this goes back to our show a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, this is great. This is so great. The coolest thing I found that I did not order, and I needed to mention it, because I don't think I did mention it the last couple no, weeks. No, you didn't, and I forgot about it, too. So I'm on Relapse Records' site, because I'm, I'm, I normally order from Hell's Headbangers. Like, I like that site. They're ship, they usually ship pretty fast. Um, well, they sold out of the One Mortician album I wanted, because it was one of those things where I was like, eh, you know, I sat there and I hemmed and hawed on it. And then finally I decided I want it, and they sold out of it, so I went directly to the record label. And as I'm looking through, you know, Mortician's merch, because I'm like, ah, oh, what kind of shirts they got with everything else, I found the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, I don't know if you know or not, but the, the lead singer of Sabaton actually has signature sunglasses. So if you go to Sabaton, you know, he's known for wearing his aviator sunglasses, you know, so he has his own signature sunglasses. So Will Raymer apparently decided, you know, that's cool and all, but I'm going to do you one better. Mortician actually has branded and I guess you'd call them signature fingerless leather gloves and sunglasses. <laughs> it's a package. It's the more pa- it's the Mortician gloves and sunglasses set. The sunglasses and fingerless leather gloves, you know, for holding your knives of all shapes and sizes, shotguns and ha- and pistols. <laughs> You know, I'm just sad it doesn't come with wood paneling for your bedroom. You know? it, it doesn't come with wood paneling for your bedroom, and it does not come with a pistol or shotgun. I mean, you know, you got to do some things yourself, I guess. But uh, I it's guess. a start. I guess this this would be like the the Will Raymer starter kit. <laughs> like you ever see those memes that are like the starter kit? Um, Actually, to be honest with you, uh, that's probably what it is. So, because I mean, it, it it's wouldn't like, surprise it's, it, me because it's he not saw like if, one of those. You know, it's not you know Will Raymer starter kit. I mean, it's not like they can send you a shirt. <laughs> It would have to be like the Will Raymer starter kit includes first remove your shirt. (laughs) I I wonder, serious. I mean, honestly, he or someone could have seen one of those Instagram posts about the, you know, the whatever starter kit. And someone's like, dude, and he's like, I should make one because it's funny. (laughs) I should make one. (laughs) What I want to know, though, is does he... Is, is he like that's because is he like Kerry King where you know it's because he thinks his sunglasses are actually cool, or is it because 
he's in on the joke too. <laughs> you know, I think what? maybe it's a little of both. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> um, but anyways, I wanted to mention that because it was too good, too good to not mention. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is not as funny, not as cool. So you know, we record the show on Fridays. Today is Friday, December eighth. And I did want to mention it's the anniversary of Dimebag Daryl's death 19 years ago. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's crazy. So 19 years ago. Um, you, know, you know what else? And let, me, let, me, let me point out. It's interesting timing because that was, the, that was my first semester in graduate school. And this was the same within – it was either the same day or it was that week. That was finals week for me. My first semester of graduate school, which means that's the week that my computer caught on fire. <laughs> if you if you were an old listener to the show, you would know. Well, you don't have to be old, but if you listened to the show from years ago, there was a running joke that everything of mine caught on fire. So it's just I got to throw this out. That was also the week that my computer caught on fire. Probably not the same week that my ass got branded. That's ah, another story for another day. And continue about your. But uh, yeah, anyway, so here. like it's Dimebag's death anniversary. Uh, you know, and I still remember seeing the news story when it came on. Um, I was, you know, I, yeah, I remember, I, I remember that I was I actually trying up. to go to that show too, because it happened in Columbus, Ohio. That was the closest the damage plan was coming to our hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania. I was trying to find somebody to go with, but you know, obviously it's December. It's December yeah, I two in hours, PA. I two hours from Erie. Yeah, and you, you were, you were, you were living out of town at the time. Uh, it was December in PA, so which means the weather was terrible. Um, and you know, Columbus was Columbus was a little bit of a hike from from Erie, but um, you know, never in my life have I ever been more relieved to have not gone to a show because um, that just would not have been something I would have have would have wanted to. Uh, well, to not experience. to mention, you probably would have been up front. Well, and that's that's you know that too. Like you know, it's it's anyway. So I mean, regardless, it's one of the one of those things where I'm kind of like. You know, wow, um, kind of glad I, you know, didn't have the opportunity to go to that. But more importantly, what I wanted to do, so uh, Metal Blade Records had like a clearance sale recently. It's still kind of going on, but that's that's not what I wanted to, to you know, tout about this. What I did do is I ordered, I, it's something I've been putting off for a long time. So Dimebag's Estate, you know, Rita and Vinny at the time, they put out these Dime Vision um, these Dime Vision uh, DVDs. They're basically, I, I, I mean, I will be honest with you, they're like the Vulgar videos and Pantera Video 3s, but not quite as funny. Because Dime was cool, but, you know, the, 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 the Pantera home videos were cool, yes, because of Dime, but it was also because of Phil, because of Vinny, because, you know, it was it was the whole band and, like, everybody they had around them. So, you know, they, they released, like, the DVDs, and it's a lot more of his home video footage. Um, it's a CD of his album, well, his his kind of, I don't want to say an album, because they, they basically pulled a lot of his demos and released the hits. Um, I uh, I have that on vinyl for years, because it was a record store day thing, but I, now I have it on CD. And it came with this huge book, um, this huge, like, you know, like, I don't know, 40-page book or whatever, and it's got all pictures of Dimebag, like, throughout his life and career and everything else like that. And um, it's got some funny things in there, like, it's got... Uh, uh, you know, it has explanations of like the songs on the hits, which is like, you know, five songs they pulled from his collection of demos. But then they also have I I, believe, I forget it's called. I think it's called the the dime glossary or something like that. And in there it has, you know, some of his catchphrases like get your get your pool and and everything else. 
Uh, one of them was, you know, Zach Lee's, you know, it was in there, I think, I can't remember, but one of them was Black Tooth Grin, and it actually says flat out in there, a correct Black Tooth Grin is Seagram 7 and Coke. Because I know a lot of people out there, no, no, it's Crown Royal, no, no, it's, you know, it's you gotta use Crown Royal, no. I guess, uh, the, I guess what from what Rita, and this is coming straight from Rita, who would know probably better than anybody, except for Dime himself. Uh, Black Tooth Grin is Seagram 7 and Coke. She said later on they started using Crown, so it was a Crown and Coke. She said later on there was other you know iterations. And it's funny because in there they actually do say a Jack uh, Jack Tooth Grin, and then it, would, it said AKA a Lemmy. So that's awesome. You know, like I, I had no, I mean, look, I know I did not invent that because that was a meme on the internet for a long time, but it's really cool that they put that in there. I, I know that, we, you know, we here at the show did not invent calling a Jack and Coke a Lemmy. We embraced know, we might, we it, but we didn't the, invent it. I feel as if we were the first ones to call a Diet Jack and Coke a semi-lemmy. Yeah, well, that, was, that was definitely for sure a semi-lemmy. Yeah, semi-lemmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I always called it a semi-lemmy. Yeah, I, I, know, I know that was us, um, but, you know, I don't want to be Amy Schumer and be guilty of ripping off people's jokes. Well, no, you uh, know, that's the thing. Like, you know, we, we're not, we're not, we're not, I, we didn't make it up, but yeah, did. we definitely embraced it. But um, either way, so I, I you know, I, I have, I got my Seagram 7 here. I got my Coke. I'm going to do a black tooth grin for dime. I, you know, I've said multiple times on this show, um, you know, for, you know, I, I know that Pantera and Dimebag and everybody else, you know, has, is, you know, uh, some people love them. Some people hate them. You know, most people, I think most metalheads love them, at least respect them. Um, but Dimebag Daryl, you know, he's the reason I started playing guitar and, you know, everything else, you know, everything else, you know kind of fell into place in my life because, you know, playing guitar led to a whole bunch of things that gave me the skills to have a career, to have a life, you know, and have, you know, give me something to do. It's how I joined a band that, you know, we had a lot of fun. It was one of the best times of my life. Um, and, you know, so Dimebag, you know, was one of those people. I, I met him for about 30 seconds one night. Uh, literally, as he was getting onto his bus, I got to talk to him for 30 seconds. Um and, you know, so I would say he's he's probably the biggest influence on my life whom really neither I didn't know him and he didn't know me. Um, musically, I wouldn't even say he's a big influence on me, but, you know, yeah, he from, didn't play anything like him. Yeah, I didn't. I never I, I, I played more like Scott Ian than I ever did uh, dime. But at the same time, like, you know, I don't know. It's one of those weird things. But it either was, way, it was so, weird for, for you being I mean, honestly, for you being as big of a dime bag guy as you were. You almost never played any Pantera stuff. Like when when you were sitting around, you were playing Slayer and you were playing everything else. Like I, you didn't frequently just start playing Pantera on guitar. Yeah, I think I mean, the, half the time it's because he used a lot of different tunings. I get that too. I think but the only regardless. thing that really carried over into my playing is the the harmonic like the the, the Floyd Rose harmonic like screams because I use those a lot. But I mean, I you know, know, he again he like didn't him, invent though. those. He, he he probably like became synonymous with them. I know he didn't invent them, but uh, the technique he used to do it really was was unique, I think, at least to him. But Or at least, you know, again, he was one of those guys that, you know, embraced it. It's like, you know, Eddie, like, it was one of those things where, like, Eddie Van Halen didn't invent tapping, but he certainly is most associated with it. Well, and Dime, Dime just figured out his own way of doing it. Yeah, that's how he always did. He, he figured out his own way of doing it, which changed the way it sounded and he figured out his own way of using it and he was not a school guitar player so a lot of times when he wrote stuff did stuff you know like we always laugh about it how you know you you have not an unskilled 
un, not unskilled, unschooled is what I meant to say, unschooled guitar player like Dime, who didn't know a lot of theory, who didn't know a lot of like, oh, this scale, that key, that scale. He he literally would just play stuff and say, ooh, that sounds cool. And then you see like a lot of these theory guys would be like, oh, it's absolutely brilliant how he flatted the fifth on this key here and then did a quick key change over to this for two for two bars and then went over here and played a in, you know, play, played a flatted fourth followed up by a minor third. And you're and, you know, you're th- and it's just brilliant how he thought to do this. And you're thinking, no, he really didn't actually think to do that. He literally just played it and said, oh. that sounds cool. He even says in numbers of articles. He's like. He's like, I would try to play something, and then I'd move it up a fret and say, "Ooh, that sounds really cool." You know, I—I I mean, I've—I've I've said this before. Uh, Michelangelo Badio, who you know, is the the double guitar guy, and he's always known as the, you know, the shredder. What's interesting about about him, and and I'm—I'll relate this to Dimebag, and um, and and Dimebag was a big fan of his, and vice versa. They were—they were. They were um, Dime was a big fan of Michael, and Michael was a big fan of Dimebag. They they were they really were, and they you know they were both open about it the whole time. And you know what's interesting about Michael? <laughs> I'm a closeted Andrew, MAB fan. What's that? Yeah, it's a I'm a closet. They were open no, no, about what, it. What well, I mean I'm a closeted though, MAB. It, 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 I don't like, like to talk about it. I just wore it like it wasn't a secret. It's not like what like is no it a knew. secret? <laughs> yeah, it's not like no one knew. But the the thing the reason I say this is. You know, you think of Michelangelo as this guy who everybody was known as this major shredder, but I watched him say that, yes, he's the kind of person who thinks that the more you know, it's always, you know, he, he he's always said, you know, it's better to have it and don't need it than need it and not have it. But actually, he's typically talking about technique. He's typically not talking about theory. But what, the one thing that I liked that he said, it always resonated with me was he said, the thing that people need to realize is a real musician will find a way. A a real, excuse me, no, he doesn't say that. He said a real artist will find a way. And what I mean by that is Dimebag is a, in every respect, he's a great example of a real artist will find a way. What do I mean by that? All of Dimebag's famous equipment that he used, the, 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 you know, the, well, it was Dean before it was Washburn, but the Dean, the Dean ML guitar, the Randall amps was because he won them, so he just used them. He wasn't schooled in guitar. He didn't learn all this other stuff from other people. You know, he didn't he didn't know theory, but he had something in his head, and he found a way to make it come out. It's it's just it's just that that's what it is, you know. I. I it's just, it's just a great example of someone who was who had a creative mind, and he had the ability to figure out how to take what was in his head and put it into his guitar, which actually is a lot harder than it sounds. Um, he figured out how to do that. He just didn't need to know. He didn't need to know the theory behind it. He didn't. You know, I, I mean, I, look, I'll be the first to admit. I know I don't know nothing about. It. I, clearly, I know a little bit about theory, right? Um, I was a drummer long enough, and I, I'm not a good guitar player, but I've played guitars and I've tinkered with guitars since I was in middle school, and I've played enough. You know, like I know theory to an extent. You know, I, I understand the, the the common scales, and I I understand the basics. But dude, I'm not one of those guys that gets into the weird stuff. Do I think it's wrong that people do? No, I think it's great. If you have it and you know it, great. Um, 
but sometimes it's just someone who picks up a good uh, George Lynch doesn't know theory. Yeah, he's not he pretends he doesn't know theory. He knows some. But George look if you ever watch George Lynch play, you know, he'll flat out say he's like, "Well, no, I mean, I really only know He's like, I know a blues scale and a pentatonic scale. He's like, I would just take the scale and go, God, it would sound so much cooler if I skipped that note and played this one. (laughs) Like, he wasn't like, well, it's because I think you need to blah, 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 blah. He would just go, no, I thought it was cool if I flatted that note. It just sounded cooler that way. You know, and everything that George Lynch did is, because he was another guy that was, you know, one of those guitar players that was known in the 80s as one of the go-to guys that all the, even people who hated Dokken, guitar players always looked at George Lynch, and he's another one. George, George Lynch and Dimebag had a lot in common in that way. They, they, they couldn't explain to you why they did what they did other than it sounded cool and, and that's how they did it. I love that. I, I really, and that's why, by the way, Dawkins, for guitar players, Dawkins is, really is really hard to play. It's hard to play because it's not normal. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not normal. And a lot of the stuff that he did was like, oh, the, why, oh, oh okay. You know, you gotta, you just have to play differently. Dimebag was that way too. I mean, it's different now because every guitar player, it's just, you know, like when Eddie Van Halen came out. Well, it's different now because every guitar player's try been trying for right. years well, to replicate his style. Replicate. I mean, like, like there's I mean, people Randy out there Rhodes, who literally know every single note the man ever played. Right. So. I mean, Randy Rhodes, Eddie Van Halen, all those guys. It's not all that. I and mean, within a couple of years, I'm Ingve. You know, I mean, dude. Go on YouTube and there's a million people who can play who can play Ingve stuff note for note because when when what you've done musically has been around long enough and other people just start learning you know other people start learning your techniques and blah 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 but yeah you know, so I get it now but point being is Pantera was never easy to play even if it wasn't complicated right. It was never necessarily easy to play because it was Dime doing something completely different. By today's standards, again, it's different because people just kind of learn that stuff. Um, but yeah, he uh, Dime Dime was just you know, and and I look, I always said that I was a huge fan of Pantera's videos. I loved all that stuff about Pantera. I loved seeing them. Uh, there is probably no band that brings back more fun memories to me uh, from high school. They were just, you know what I mean? They were that band to me much more than they were musically my favorite band. I I don't think I would have ever listed them as my favorite band musically. I mean, albeit, dude, I I love, I love, I love, you know, Cowboys from Hell. Really, really love Vulgar. Far Beyond Driven's my favorite. Um, I, I like the majority of, of Trend Kill. Uh, but again, they, they would have never been my favorite band. Vinnie Paul was never one of my favorite drummers. Um, but the band themselves just had, I don't know, man, I don't give a damn if, who doesn't like them anymore. In 1995, 96, 97, 98, you know, there was no band on the planet that was cooler than they were. And I don't care what anybody says in the mid to late nineties. There's not one band on the planet that was cooler than Panther. I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what you want to tell me. No one was cooler. No one, no one. No one made it look more cool. No one made it look more fun. Like everything about Pantera, they were the guys. And without Dime in the mix, that w- none of that would have mattered. And I mean that not just by his playing. I mean if his, if Dime's personality was not part of that, no one. Yeah, would care. I always love that story about how he got offered a position in Megadeth, 
And oh, yeah. he's just he was just like, hey, can I bring my brother with me? <laughs> like, and Dave Mustaine is for years. He's always said that's the only time he ever regretted hiring Nick Menza. Well, and the funny thing, but the, I mean, the funny thing is at the same time, because he had just hired Nick Menza. Yeah, he literally, I think it's he like the day before had hired Nick Menza. So you know, anyways, but I mean, at the same time, that's probably one of the best things because. You know, as we always say, the Freedman Menza era of Megadeth was one of the best. And who knows if Diamond Vinny had been in Megadeth, you know, Pantera may have, you know, well, Pantera would have dissolved. Uh, who knows? I it, mean, what what a joke to have Dimebag as yeah, Dave Mustaine's a, a, second banana as a well, and as a guitar player, not even as a guitar player who's given no opportunity for input. I mean, with the with the amount of riffs and with the quality of riffs that Dimebag wrote, you know. He would literally be like, okay, now play a solo here. You know what I mean? Okay, now play a solo here. And it would all be shred because Megadeth's not into those types of Southern. Like, you know, Dimebag had a lot of Southern, like, you know, influence in his playing. You know, Mustaine wants shredders. Like, he doesn't want a guy who's going to sit there and write, like, an awesome. He doesn't want a guy who's going to sit there and write the Flood solo. You know what I mean? He doesn't want a guitar player who's going to be cool, especially. He doesn't want a guitar player who's going to be. I don't he think it would have lasted because I think Dimebag would have upstaged him and Mustaine would not have liked it. Well, that's what I'm saying. He, uh, he, and he not even on purpose. I'm not saying Dime would have walked out on stage saying, I'm going to upstage this guy. No, but it's he's just got his personality. personality. Marty Friedman is an amazing guitar player. Anyone who thinks otherwise, you're, you're, you're dumb. Far too musically talented for, for, excuse me, far too technically talented for Megadeth, meaning. As, as great as what he did in Megadeth, let's be fair, it held him back. Um, if you want to look at it from that perspective, I mean, it held him back from the caliber of his playing. Clearly, he made clearly without Megadeth, he never would have been famous. That's not what I mean. I'm simply saying, Marty as a guitar player, Megadeth was elementary for what compared to what he was doing. So, uh, but but all all I'm getting at is, Marty Friedman has a really cool big personality. But he's just kind of a – he's a skinny dude that stands there and plays guitar. He is by no means an exciting guitar player on stage. He's just kind of there. Except for the how he holds his pick. Yeah, he holds his pick really weird. He holds his – he plays his guitar really weird. But, I mean, all I'm getting at is, like, Marty Friedman is not going to upstage Dave Mustaine on stage other than his guitar playing is really good. He's not – he doesn't – it's not like he moves around a lot. Dave is not going to hire a guitar player who's going to want to, who's going to steal any of the spotlight. Is all I mean. He's just not. Never going to happen. You know, like he he he's not going to let a guy like Scotty in on stage. Yeah. So clearly, well, Scotty is not. I mean, a soloist, not, not I Megadeth. Mean. I mean, he has played with Scotty in on stage, but not Megadeth. No. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like they go, they go to, they go to, they go to do the uh, the big four play through it. <laughs> Get off the stage. <laughs> Oh, I mean, clearly, Scott Ian's a bad example because he's the wrong guitar player. He's not even a lead player. But you get my point. He doesn't want a guitar player who's over there and stomping around and doing all he, That's not what he wants. He wants someone who – he wants a shut up and play. Stand yeah, over he there. He wants a go stand over there. When I tell you to solo, you solo. Which, fine. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway, but so – it's why I won't – it's why, to this day, I always say I don't refer to any Megadeth member other than Dave by their names anymore. I won't learn their names. Well, it's Kiko's gone. I know. No, you mean Megadeth guitar player is gone. Yeah, Megadeth. Megadeth's previous guitar player is gone. Yeah. 
I just refer to them all as Megadeth guitar player. Like, do you know who Kiko? I don't care if his name's Kiko. He is Megadeth guitar player. And drummer dude, Dirk Diggler, or whatever his name is, he is Megadeth drummer. And when he leaves, he will be replaced by Megadeth drummer. And Megadeth guitar player left, and they hired Megadeth guitar player. The, the reason I say that is it's like, why would you name your goldfish? You know, it's going to be dead in a week, and they're going to flush it. I mean, you posted, uh, I remember you posted when they fired Jay Weinberg. You said that, oh, yeah. uh, you said that, you, you you know, Megadeth drummer must be sweating bullets right now because there's no way that Dave Mustaine's going to let anyone else get away with firing their drummer. And of course, sweating bullets is pun intended, but. Um, so anyway, so what I wanted to say was, you know, I'm going to drink a black tooth grin for dime on his, on the anniversary of the day he left us. Um, you know, cause again, you know, he's a very important figure in my life. Uh, not just musically. It's not just, you know, me being a Pantera fan and, you know, I, I'm sure that there's hundreds, I'm sure there's thousands of other people out there who have similar stories about how Pantera's music, you know, hit them at the right time, you know, whatever they were singing about at that moment, got them and it got them through tough times, you know, it, it impacted them. I mean, how many players now who are famous, who are world-class musicians, can say can look at Dime and say he was a big influence on my playing? You know, tw- I mean, he's been dead for twenty years now. Um, you know, there there are people alive on this earth who are probably in bands that are either up and coming or even already out there who were never alive at the same time as Dimebag, and that's that's crazy to believe. You know, it's crazy to think about for me. Um, well, I mean, it's, so. it's the same respect of thinking of like us with um, with Randy Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, you were you were barely alive when Randy Rhodes was killed. I wasn't born yet. Um, I wouldn't have been born for a few months. Um, and Randy Rhodes was a huge influence on both of us. Yeah, he. I mean, I, I clearly I was not a guitar player from the perspective of like, no, I was not influenced by Randy Rhodes. Um, that way, but I was so influenced by those first two Aussie records. Yeah, Lee Kerslake's drumming on those first two Aussie records, and Tom, Tommy Aldridge playing on the uh, on the live uh, the the tribute to Randy Rhodes live album. Like those huge influences on me. And if you take Randy Rhodes out of the equation, that, that that's not you know not a thing. So yeah, it's it's really weird to think about you know any band member. Who is what twenty five years or younger? Basically, didn't they? Dime was dead before they played guitar, most likely. Yeah, you know. I mean, if you're Dime's been dead for nineteen for nineteen years, man. Uh, so if you're twenty five years old, that means he was killed when you were six. I, I mean, maybe you played guitar at the time. Maybe you were like us and you were. I mean, there's you, a whole generation by having it on. You know, there's but a yeah, whole generation right. of people out there who never had the opportunity to see him live because, again, like just like us with however many musicians, so many musicians, they were children when he was out touring. Yeah, you know? and it, it's it's I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. And what, what what he's another one of those guys. I mean, he's clearly look, man. People on the internet now who just well, who cares about them anyway? Whatever, shut your mouth. Anybody who's not posting on YouTube or Instagram just to be that guy, I don't think anybody would argue that he was the guy of his era. He was the, I mean, if you want to say like mid-90s, 
Like, let's say from like vulgar display of power to Great Southern Tranquil area era, right? Let's say, I mean, I don't, yeah, after that, but I mean, his heyday. Let's say his his heyday was a good five year period in the nineties. Um, his peak was five year period in the nineties. Um, look, like I mean, Eddie Van Halen was was forever, but I mean, there was still that nineteen seventy eight to nineteen eighty four like period where Eddie Van Halen was the biggest thing in guitar playing ever. Um, I don't think anybody would argue that mid ninety period, whatever. We don't have to, we don't have to, you know, get that granular. But let's just say in that period, in metal, I I, I would be surprised if anybody could really make an argument that it was anybody else. I really don't think you can. I mean, there were lots of there were there were certainly bands that were way bigger than Pantera. Pantera was a big band, but they weren't, man, they were they were playing, they weren't headlining giant arenas, man. You know? They just weren't. I mean, they, they were they were big. They weren't doing stadiums, they were doing arenas. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But I'm saying like they weren't playing they were a big band. Pantera was big. They were. They weren't Metallica. Yeah. At least not at the time. You know, their legacy's huge, but they were, you know, they just weren't. What I'm saying is the guys in Pantera weren't living in, weren't all living in Hollywood and driving Ferraris. I mean, they just they weren't. They just weren't. They, 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 they just weren't. They weren't, they were big, but they weren't like that. Fine. Um, But, so there were certainly bands that were bigger than Pantera. There were other bands, and, and I think anybody would agree that in metal, in that era, they were one of the most influential bands. You could make an argument for a handful, you know, you could. Yeah. And, and we, we could all say that, well, the other ones, you know, are kind of like Pantera. But we've said before, another band we'll mention here in a minute, you know, Chaos AD was big. You know, there, there, were, there were albums that really, really influenced music and were way bigger. But I'm not sure that anybody could ma would make a case that there was another guitar player in metal that was that that would dethrone him as the guy of that era. I mean, he he's so responsible for how many how so many other bands started playing. How how other how, how many other guitar players started changing their tone and changing the way they were playing. Well, uh, dude, I mean, it's it's twenty years later, or it's twenty. He's been dead for almost twenty years, and there's still people out there chasing his sound. There's still people out there buying, you know, Furman parametric EQs, which haven't been made in like thirty years. To get his sound, there's still guys out there buying old Randall amps that you know they don't make anymore. There's you know it. The, Rita just announced that she's starting officially starting DGZ, uh, you know, Dimebag Guitars. The Z stands for Zelinsky. She so it's DGZ because Dime Guitars. Um, but the she said she put the Z on there because of Dean Zelinsky because he built all of uh, Dime's original Dean guitars. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, he, he's still having an impact. He, ha he has, he, you know, a note from his guitar played by him has not been heard in this world for 19 years. And there's still people out there that you, you can't go on YouTube to guitar, you know, to guitar channels and stuff like that and not see found dime bags tone secret to dime bags well, tone, you know, and all that other stuff. So well, if you, I, by the way, I'll make this point really quick. If you want a great proof of how important Dimebag is as a guitar player, the biggest gauge 
of that is how many YouTube videos or Instagram posts are dedicated to people crapping on him. Yeah. Honestly. It's, it's you know, I mean. Oh, his guitar tone sucks, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, it's I see that like, all the time. The, the best way to be cool is to insult and it's to insult what is actually good and pretend you're better than it. Like that one nut job, I don't know, fluffy, whatever it is, I don't care, who was like identifying the worst guitar tones in history. And two of and, them are Randy Rhodes and Dimebag. I mean, I get the point that he was saying, like, if you isolate Randy's tone on the record, it's like, well, A, wasn't supposed to be isolated, you know, but whatever. But yeah, point being is like, this sounds like crap. It's like, okay. Yeah, most most producers will tell you guitar tones by themselves off of records all sound like crap. Actually, when I um when I was what you know learning how to produce, I'm still learning how to you know produce music. Um, one of the things they say, one of the things that uh, a lot of YouTube people say is when you hear isolated guitar tracks, he said they they said they sound thin, they sound terrible because they're not what people because when people are trying to get the sound and they call it in the room so when you have your with your guitar plugged into your amp that's called the sound in the room and people build their in the room sound around what they want the album to sound like not under you know with and with the problem with that is you know the songs on the album are made up of four you know two to four guitar tracks a bass you know eqing you know on top of eqing on top of compression on top of eqing and so, but so when you strip all that away and you get down to what was originally there, nine times out of ten, it doesn't sound anything like what you'd expect it. So, you know, to 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 judge a guitar track based on, well, let's take everything away from it that makes it sound good and just right. listen to what was there to begin with is obviously not the case. So, right. I mean, well, if you if you were making the case that that something sounded that that the guitar tone on the record sounds bad and using the actual final product as the example. That's a completely different thing. You know? and, the, and the funny the, thing is, you know, how many people have spent thousands of dollars trying to replicate that tone? So, look, you and you know what? Everybody's entitled to their opinion. You well, can think it sucks. Though, that's how you get people to click on your video. Well, then that's exactly it. Like you put a picture of Cowboys from Hell on there and say the worst guitar tone ever. You're going to get a thousand well, views. That, because that was my point to say that that's the that's a great example of how important he was because it wouldn't be the cool thing on Instagram to pick on to make fun of Dimebag if he wasn't important. Yeah. So anyways, I I mean yeah. I don't want to make this a Pantera episode because we we talk about Pantera quite a bit and we have other things we want to talk about, but uh, I wanted to do a black tooth grin to dime, so nail it dude, it ain't no candy. Yeah, you go ahead. I I don't I don't like doing shots, I never really did. Um Yeah, that's the real crap. <laughs> I'm sitting here drinking blue Gatorade just cuz I like blue Gatorade. Uh, yeah. So anyway, hey man, there's a really cool tour coming up. I know you wanted to talk about it. Um, so uh, uh, I got tickets. I got tickets, and I'm excited. I saw this tour lineup, and I was like, "There's no freaking way." So I see a Monty Marth's coming. Oh, that's cool. I just saw them open for Ghost. It was a good show. Oh, Cannibal Corpse is opening for them. Well, that's a cool show. Oh, Obituary is opening for them. Wow. And then Frozen Soul. Frozen Soul, fully admit, I'm aware of them. I've listened to one of their albums. I haven't listened to them in depth. I ha I actually do have, like, they're on my list of things to listen to. Um, I know Corpse Grinder is a big fan of theirs. He mentioned them before, so I definitely want to, you know, give him a better listen. But wow. 
Amani Marth Cannibal Corpse and Obituary on one bill in one night. That's you know normally that that to me is a festival lineup. Yeah, it, it totally is. Um, I uh, I I haven't listened to Spooge either. Um, that's what I call Frozen Soldier Spooge because any band whose logo looks like a Spooge stain, um, I just I call them all that. Um, but I actually I'm very unfamiliar with them. I. Uh, I, one of their videos was viewed on my YouTube at one point. I've I've seen them. I've seen a video of theirs. I've watched it. It just it, I don't remember when it was, and the band doesn't stick out in my head, which is means nothing. That is by no means an insult. That is me simply saying I don't remember it. I'm not Eddie Trunk. I don't know everything. Uh -huh. I love saying that because like Eddie Trunk's ever heard of a metal band, but that's besides the point. Um, but they're uh, they're playing I, in Montclair, I, New Jersey, at the Wellmont, and. If you're if you're here in Jersey, I think that's actually the closest they're coming to the city. So if you're you know in New York, if you're in Jersey, uh, you know wherever Pennsylvania, I think I don't remember if they're going to Philly or not. But they're playing in the Wellmont yeah, at Montclair. Um, they're not playing close to me, so I'm not gonna go. But but yeah, I mean, so the Wellmont, I, I saw Ghost there, God, like five or six years ago, maybe, uh, maybe even longer than that. Um, it's a cool venue. Uh, I got floor seats, so can't wait. Can't wait. It's a good venue. Ticket prices are actually for this size show. I don't think ticket prices are that obscene. Um, I will say tickets were 50 bucks. I'm like, wow, for those three bands, I'd pay 50 bucks. Fees were literally $26. I literally take the there were there were over 50% in fees uh, for the show. So yeah, I think uh, that, I was like, it's like a 60% fee. It's obnoxious. It, thanks, Ticketmaster. Um, you know, but you know, to me, honestly, by the, by the way, um, I will say uh, this though. I will say this though. I would pay seventy five dollars for the show because Amani yeah, Marth Cannibal sure. Corpse and Obituary to me. I I I don't feel ripped off paying that for that ticket. My my buddy told me that Spooge sounds a lot like uh, Bolt Thrower, and I just clicked on one of their songs and played it for a second. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, actually, I think you'd really really dig the band. No, I, I um, listened to one of their albums. I just only listened to it once, so I I, I yeah, don't like I, making I, a call on an album that I've nope. only listened to once, unless I'm very familiar with the band. I don't like making a call on it because I don't remember much about it. Um, I am absolutely going to listen to Spooge. I think it'll be cool. Um, I do have a I, I do have a question for you. I, I've been I've been wondering this. Uh, I know we're not doing tough choices tonight, but I'm going to give you a tough choice right now. If you were starting a band tomorrow. Would you either A, have a Spooge logo, or B, name your band something that starts with the word goat and ends with something anatomical? You, ha you have to pick one. Logo. Logo? You do the Spooge logo? Okay. Because I, I don't think I could come up with a goat band name that hasn't already been used. Oh, that's true. Okay, I was just curious. Because <laughs> it's, look, dude, there's not, we've said this before. You know, like Goat Whore is an incredible band. And we've said before that there are incredible bands with Spooge logos. I just, I, I call, I will call it out every time I see it. You know, yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the fact that there's a band named Goat Penis, like that's just at that point, like, you know. I think it's, it's awesome. I, I think it's awesome. So, I, anyways, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for like heavy metal tribute bands. I like, I'm like, you know how like, like, uh, uh, like Six Feet Under would do. Graveyard classics and they like how they do back in black. Well, I'm waiting for some like death metal band to be called like Goat Journey. 
You know, and they just get up on stage and they just do death metal versions of Journey Someday songs. Someday love will find I, you. But they got, but they've got to be named like Goat Winger. She's only seventeen. How cool that would be! Like, who are you? We're Goat no, Winger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It'd be like, she's only seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> And hopefully they have a lot of chest hair. You know? yeah. <laughs> because Cinderella or uh, Winger is the sound of chest. Not only that, but the vocalist would have to have a Kip Winger mic, one of the head, one of oh, the, yeah. the oh, little, yeah. and, but and not play any instrument, <laughs> and just have tight and wear tights and wear um, tights. Well, and I then, mean, Kip and then keep an smiling at the camera. <laughs> Kip Winger plays an instrument; he's a bass player. But I know, but I'm saying it would be funnier if the guy it would be didn't. way funnier. No, I know. <laughs> but I know. anyway, I know. so I'm really excited for that show. It's happening, I think, in May. Um, and I don't know. I literally bought tickets and said I'll worry about when it is later. Um, it's it's not you know. So now I got tickets to Priest. I got tickets to Monty Marth. I'm still hemming and hawing on Pantera at Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, tickets are still. I I, I just I have a problem. I, I just paying 125 dollars to see Pantera is just like, right. and not and not even to really see Pantera to see some of Pantera. Well, you so can probably, I don't know. There's probably. Uh, there's probably a bar somewhere in America with some Pantera tribute band called Goat Pantera that is doing just as good of a job. I'm sorry. No, I mean, again, for me, for me, it's the experience because again, I it's no, I know. I, it's not going to go. It's one of those things, like I said, where I don't mind paying for stuff that it's not going to go on forever. I can't see Charlie and and Zach abandoning like basically their live their lives. Uh, you know, because eventually the, the the novelty of this is going to wear off. You know what I mean? Eventually, the novelty of this is going to wear off because I can't see them putting out a new album. And I, anyways, I don't want to get back into Pantera. Well, but either you know way, what, though? let me let me kick what you just said off into something else that I know you wanted to talk about. All right. So you're talking about maybe going and seeing the Goat Pantera show. <laughs> I have to. I'm sorry. It's funny to me. It's not funny to anybody else. But I'm laughing about it. Deal with it. Um. So you're talking about going to the Pantera show, and you know you said it's, you know, what it is, right? So immediately after playing their quote unquote last show at twelve oh one a.m., you know what I mean? Like immediately after stopping playing, Kiss announced that Kiss will continue on forever. Just which actually they've actually said that for years, right? Thirty years ago, they were saying that Kiss would be. Just other people would, you know, other people would put their 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 costumes on and go just tour forever on Kiss's music, right? I mean, they, they've said that for years that they would do that, but now what's happening with Kiss, Kiss, is that they're, you know, it's it's I don't what are they calling it, um, uh, computer anime, whatever. What, what what I'm blanking on what they're calling it. They're they're doing what ABBA did. And basically, they're going to have Kiss go on tour where they're not. It's, there's no one actually playing. It's you know you're watching Kiss holograms. I don't know if it's holograms or whatever. Whatever they're doing, that's irrelevant. The point is, it's it's going to be computer generated Kiss on tour. And I actually don't doubt that people will go. I don't. If someone were to tell me that that was going to they were going to do a residency in Las Vegas, I would 100% think that that makes a lot of sense and I think a lot of people would go. I really do. I actually don't know why there hasn't been a Cirque du Soleil kiss yet. 
Um, <laughs> well, they do a Cirque du Soleil for the Beatles. It's actually really good. I can't so, stand the Beatles, and it was awesome. But my, my point is, does that – like, I don't know. I, how – is that just a product of the times? Is that so, a product of people now just not caring about the experience? Like, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, go ahead. Well, I know there, you had a lot a to say on different, topic, There's so. a couple different things to look at, look at here. First of all, um, the KISS thing versus this other streaming thing were two different things. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. I know. I just the, meant the KISS, the, we were the Kiss about thing the is actually – well, the KISS thing is actually kind of weird, and I, and I don't quite understand what it is yet. Um, they haven't really – rolled it out they've just kind of given a teaser so the, as soon as kiss walked off stage in new york city last week i almost again i almost went but again it was one of those things where i'm like it's half of kiss um you and know like 500 for cheap and, and, well that, the tickets dropped pretty pretty good like i i could have gone for a buck 25 um not yeah. not literally you know what i mean that would have um, been i would i would have gone just to i would have gone to be there on a you know what i mean because it was an important thing but i I wasn't. I wasn't doing it. Yeah, I mean, I we you and I saw the actual like original Kiss. Uh, yes, it was a reunion, but we saw the original members, and to me, so it's what? just like anyway, either way. I don't. Again, I'm not going to sit here and. But so, the Kiss thing, from what I understand, is it's they they created avatars, digital avatars, yeah, avatars of, that's what they were. Sorry, of now the they created digital. Av- no, what, what, first of all, there's two things. First of all, Paul and Gene still look old. I don't understand why they used old Paul and old Gene instead of using like prime like seventies Paul and Gene. I don't know. Either way, maybe they want to have some level of realism. Either way, but I guess it's also powered by AI. Meaning, what they were talking about in the video because they did a whole video on how they made it is you know first of all they really captured Paul and Gene and and everybody doing their stage moves. Right. They really I didn't, did. I didn't watch they really about did it. Really capture Tommy Thayer pretending to be Ace Fraley. Uh, so they, they, they really because I, I don't want to say they captured Tommy Thayer because he has no personality that's not borrowed. They captured him. Really. They captured him. He's in the basement somewhere. They won't yeah. let him leave. Gene Simmons has got him living in his basement. Well, he's probably cleaning out Gene's gutters. Um, yeah, no, probably. but so they they um they and I guess supposedly it's powered by AI. So if you're front row and say. Paul, I love you. Paul, the the Paul cartoon or digital avatar, whatever they will, will look down at you and point and say, kiss love, you know, I love you, you know, and stuff. So it will react with the crowd. So if the crowd, you know, it's not like where if, if they decide, if the, you know, a whole bunch of people bought tickets and decided to be hilarious and start booing them, that they would be like, thank you so much, you know, or anything like that. Like it, they, it will react. Um, so that's what I understand. So, it's going to be I from what I gather and what I th- see it's going to be less like you know going and watching you know a cartoon movie that plays music it's going to be more like a little the next you know, you know how you know how, like for a long time they had like these hologram tours where yeah. like they had a hologram of Buddy Holly and you could go see Buddy Holly's right. hologram play I guess it's going to be the next step of that Right. Where I, I, I read you, somewhere that they got the idea from ABBA, like ABBA did something. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, they did something like that. I don't, I don't, like I don't, that I don't where, care about ABBA that much. Well, you know, so you're gonna go see the Kiss avatars, and they're gonna look and feel and react. They're gonna react to the crowd. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna say, "I love being in New York," you know, or "I love being in Boston." So it's not just gonna be again. It's not gonna be like I love being in this town, you know. Like, <laughs> so, you know, and it's like. It's like, you know, I, it's been a long time since we were in Boston. <laughs> you know, so 
Um, I don't know. And again, me personally, so there still will be a level of experience. It's still, from what I understand it to be, it's still going to feel like a live show. But you know, you know what the best part about this is? The best part no of the idea. kiss, the reason why I can see Kiss liking this is, do you remember a long time ago, Gene Simmons flat out said, one day I'd like to get to the point where me and Paul are not playing anymore well, and we just hired two other people well, to stand that, in our place. That's what I just said a few minutes ago. Yeah, it's the same thing. Well, but no, but they, this, they, this is gonna... even better. But this is even, I, I missed that, but this is even yeah. better for them. You know why? They don't have to pay anybody. No. They probably wrote Eric, they probably wrote Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer likeness rights checks. They're going to pay him some... Oh piddly royalty no, pay, i'm sure because dude, no. and and the bottom line is all they have to do is change their freaking faces in four years and they don't even have to do that anymore what they probably did was pay eric and tommy minimum wage for the amount of time it took them to to let them film it i mean or no, they probably literally said you get to be part of kiss history and we're not going to pay you a damn dime and at least tommy thayer was okay with that i can't speak for eric singer but no um, he, or he signed a contract and like it was probably Gene Simmons having Tommy sign a contract that said he gets exclusive he gets exclusive rights to be the or or first bid on any of Gene Simmons' housing projects. You know. <laughs> like like uh, yeah. you, get, you get the first bid to be my gutter cleaner. If, if I if I if I need my house painted, you you can submit the first bid. Um you know, but no. That's what so I'm but this this is like cuz now they don't have to pay a new Paul. They don't have to pay a new Gene. They can just send their cartoons up there and take and, all the money. And they never have to worry about someone else not doing the job right. They never have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about somebody else getting more famous than they are. So, you or, know, you know, and in goes. fairness, these these avatars are probably not going to get drunk. Well, right. Well, that probably. you know, they're not you they're know. not going to get drunk. They're not going to not show up. They're not going to get sick on. They're not going to get they're, sick. They're, you know what else they're not going to do? They're certainly not going to laugh too much during an interview. <laughs> Well, yeah, they're not going to talk about being a plumber. Um, oh God, I'm sorry, that's still the greatest thing Kiss ever did. But, but so yeah, and not only that, but like I said, more you know, they're gonna they're gonna be there every single night. Um, you know, it's, it's the it old makes, saying. It's the I old saying. Good. You know, the, so like I said, they're instead of instead of hiring. Not only that, but I think another big thing is, let's say for instance, the the Gene that they hired. Maybe he's an excellent bass player and he starts inserting his own little bass licks in between songs, you know, because you can't really, what are they going to do, monitor every show? And he gets, he starts to get a name and suddenly next thing you know, people are going to see that guy, not Kiss. They don't want that. They want you there to see Kiss. Why? Because they don't want somebody else to walk away from this and, and be, you know, oh, that's, you know, the Gene Sim, you know, they don't, they don't, I, I, in my opinion, they wouldn't want somebody to upstage them. Same as, you know, anybody else, same as Dave Mustaine or whatever, but so I, I think from their point of view, this is a smart business move from from a standpoint of keeping their brand going. Now, do and you know the funny thing is I said online, I would love to say that there aren't people who wouldn't I said that there aren't people who would pay through the nose to see cartoon kiss get up and perform, but I would be wrong. Well, like, I, I I do mean it when I say if this was a show on the Las Vegas strip they would make good money off of it. Now, I now yeah. admittedly, it's so different than an Elvis I, I, impersonator. I, I, well, no, I mean, a, a kiss. I'm, I'm, a, I'm. Look, I understand that a kiss concert is meant to be on a very big stage with all the pyro and all that jazz. But what I mean is, it, it would be no. It would seriously. You could put it right. It could put it right next to Cirque du Soleil, and it would work. Because I mean, 
when you go to Vegas, you do stuff like that. Again, I saw Cirque du Soleil Beatles. I'm not a Beatles fan. Was impressed, loved every second of it. I would recommend everybody go. If if the Kiss show was there, they would sell out all the time because people, first of all, when people go to Vegas, as long as it's something well done and entertaining, the that's what really matters. You know, the Beatles thing, you don't even have to like the Beatles. It's just, it was a great show. So yeah, this Kiss thing would be a great show. A lot of people would go and be like, oh, you want to see that Kiss thing? Oh, that'd be cool. And they'd sell records and merch. And I, I really do think it would work really well. But that's the kind of setting that it makes sense to me. Now, I'm not saying, look, look, maybe they take this thing out on tour and they make a bunch of money. Cool. Clearly, Kiss knows how to make money. It might work. In my head, the only time it would be worth the dollars you'd spend on it is in a situation like on the Vegas Strip. Well, it would they, make a lot they, of sense to me there. They took those holograms. And I would know if I was They there. took those holograms on tour and they did. I don't. I don't know how well they did, but I mean, for for you know, it it. The bottom line is this: Can you make more money than you spend? Like Kiss doesn't care if they're oh, of course. if of course. Kiss doesn't care if they they made a they made a long term. It's a long term investment for this, right? And look, that's the bottom line because at this point, they send this thing out on the road. They have to pay obviously like the stage crew and stuff like that. They don't have to pay talent, which I mean, that's where your money goes. Like, if you're paying, you're you're not paying. Well, because you know, I, you, you know, you don't have to pay guitar techs. You don't have to pay. Uh, you don't have other, to pay for well, equipment. You know, you probably pack this thing into an eighteen wheeler and you're on the road. I, I would, other than the fact that it had to have been a substantial investment in making it. I don't know. I don't know how expensive this stuff is. To I'm just guessing. Anymore. I'm guessing. I don't I mean, know. They they do this crap for video games, and and I know video games make millions of dollars, but you know the motion capture. I mean, motion I capture. I, mean, I could be full I mean, of crap. I don't know. I I'm not saying I could afford motion capture, but for a band of that caliber, an initial small investment. So I don't know. But the other. So you know, Kiss is doing that. But the other thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I was. To, by the way, I don't know. These are separate things. I just. The kiss thing made me think of the other thing, so I kind of tied them all together. Now. Yeah, you know, and and, and I, this is the other thing I want to talk about, and this is going to actually lead into another thing we want to talk about. So you sent me an article recently where a record executive, you know, says we need to stop making physical media. So, of course, I'm like, oh, okay, I want to read this because I want to see what the justification is. But something else that caught my interest in this article was more so than the physical media portion of it was that this person also said bands need to stop touring. Now, all of this was for environmental reasons. So this person says making physical media, disposing of physical media, et cetera, et cetera, is all hurting the environment. We need to stop doing it. We have options that are much cleaner, you know, streaming, um, digital, all that sort of stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute. But one thing they also said was bands should stop touring because we now have the capability of bands not touring and instead putting their concerts out online that they can sell tickets to because they did it all during well, the pandemic. I have a major problem with that. Well, me too, but I'll let you I'll let you start with yours. I was going to say, so look, I understand during the up, pandemic. The right. I understand during the pandemic, a lot of bands sold tickets to shows. They were streams because that's all they could do at the time. And if you wanted to see these bands play songs live, that's that's the only way you did it. You paid a ticket price. You what? You got access to the stream. You watched it. But at the same time, and I understand also that touring right now is super expensive. Touring right now is, I mean, the fact that you have you have Amani Marth Cannibal Corpse and Obituary on one bill, 
a, a large part of that is probably because it was more economical for those three bands to go out together and they knew they'd make more money than any one of them would make individually. Um, so, you know, I, I understand that there's some bands out there who say, look, we can't afford to pack into a, you know, we can't afford to go on a tour. We're going to do streaming. Fine. I understand that not criticizing that, but at the same time, I can't see people embracing live music and to the, to the same extent if they were to say, you can't go see your band live anymore unless they're maybe happen to be streaming from your town. Like maybe, oh, they're going to do a live stream from Wellmont Theater in Montclair. So you can go see them live, but otherwise the only way you're going to see this band is by watching it online. Because I'm like, I know, and metal is a unique thing. Because look, if Taylor Swift said, I'm not touring anymore and I'm going to show all my tours from now on in a, in a movie theater, she'd still sell tickets like crazy because people will do it because they're told to. Um, metal, I don't think met, live music and coming together and that sort of tribal aspect of heavy metal is such a part of the genre and such a part of, of the community. I could not see bands completely stopping touring. Now I could see bands saying, we're going to do half as many dates and we're going to live stream three of those dates you know, so if you can't or, see us, yeah, you can yeah. watch the live stream because especially look, when I, you're like, there's cities we can't go to because we can't right. afford to go that far. Yeah, right. We sense. can't afford to go that far, or the weather there is too bad, or you know, there's you know, whatever. Like maybe maybe Cannibal Corpse says we can only do the East Coast this year, so we're going to stream to the West Coast, and you can have that. I know next year we'll do the West Coast and stream to the East Coast, um, because maybe it's more economical, and I don't know. You know, because that that way, you know, people don't feel deprived. People don't feel like, oh, they got shorted or whatever. Now, I will say this, though. It's not the same. Like when you're standing in a room with a band and you feel the music like you like when you're in a heavy metal show, you feel the music like you feel every note from the guitar or the drum, the kick drum, everything reverberate through your entire body. You're in a room full of people who are like minded. You feel you know, you, you feel like one of many. And it's not the same to be like, oh, I'm going to open up my iPad and, and watch Cannibal Corpse well, play. You know, look, look, it's another discussion and I won't get into that. But, you know, I have my problems with behavior at metal concerts, right? Um, not mosh pits, but I, look, I have talked before about the, you know, the hardcore, the violent karate in the pit, hardcore dancing. Yeah, crowd, crowd whatever, killing whatever. and stuff. Yeah. All that crap. I have a major problem with it. That being said, let's be completely honest. In the, I, I'm sorry, people can yell at me. I'm just going to use blanket terms. In the hardcore slash whatever certain styles of metalcore, that is actually part of it, right? I, look, I was complaining because it was an older heavy metal band headlining that would not happen for that crowd. It just happened to be an opening band that was, bring it, right, whatever. But, like, people that go to those shows, that is what they expect, Right. And maybe I don't agree with it. And maybe I think it shouldn't happen. But people expect that. Are, is someone really going to watch hate breed live stream and pick up change by themselves in their living room? Well, that's what I said. I said, you'd look you know, like, like a moron. Can you imagine some kid? He's picking up change and, and, and hitting himself in the chest because he's in his bedroom. And that's stupid. I, and I, that's what I said. Like, stupid. You know, the, the, you'd look. I mean, and imagine sitting, imagine setting up your iPad on your desk and moshing by yourself in your bedroom as Why? whatever you, band you, plays. Have you? I mean, I'll give you. I'll give an, a, a totally different example that it's the same exact thing. Look at how many people 
freeze their asses off in the middle of winter at a Pittsburgh Steelers or Buffalo Bill, whatever, one of the colder cities. You know, how many people freeze their ass off? Minnesota Vikings. Pick one. I'm I'm just saying, like, up there. Woo. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I mean the Buffalo Bills. Look, it's it's in the snow belt. It snows. Whatever. Pick one of those teams. I don't care. How many people go to those games and they sell out every single game? And it is snowing and people are freezing their nuts off. And let's be fair, dude, you can't see what's going on on the on the field half the time anyway. I mean to literally see. It, it, football is a hard. I mean the field is big. It's it's hard to see everything that's going on. You know you got. A bunch of guys jumping on top of each other. It's hard to see. It's legitimately you know, hard to see. But I'll, here's the I'll point. Give, you can, give it, I, I mean, you can see it better from home, and you don't have to freeze your nuts off, yet somehow the NFL sells out those seats every week. And I'll give you another example that's that's right along with what you're saying. So every year hockey does this. Every year the NHL does these things. They're called the Winter Classic. Basically, they set up a hockey rink in the middle of an outdoor stadium, whether it's a baseball stadium or football stadium, and there's a hockey game going on. Be, look at the size of a football field and the size of a hockey rink. Yeah, the hockey rink is this, is right in the dead center of this football field. Right, if you have front row, you can't see what the hell is going on. Like you, you can barely see what's going on. Let alone if you're in the nosebleeds. Again, sells out every single year. Plus, like you said, it's freezing cold because you're you're not playing hockey when it's 80 degrees out outside, regardless of what kind of equipment they have. But I was so I was talking, you know, a bunch of my guys on my hockey team were talking about it, and they were saying like, you know, you don't go to something like the Winter Classic because you want to watch a hockey game. You go to something like the Winter Classic for the experience of being there because you can't tell what's going on in the hockey game. You know, like I, I even you know when Metallica came through and they were playing at uh, MetLife Stadium or whatever whatever they're calling it now, I don't even know. But either way, they're playing here in Jersey at the stadium, the the Giant Stadium. Every every single person I saw who posted pictures who wasn't in the thousand dollar pit seats was literally posting like pictures and video of the gigantic video screens above the stage because you couldn't see what the hell was going on on the stage. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you paid through the nose to be in the same room. And that's, you know, I was talking about Iron Maiden tickets. You're going to pay through the nose to not necessarily see Iron Maiden. You can kind of see Iron Maiden or you can kind of see Metallica. You're paying through the nose to kind of be in the same area as them while they play with people who you who all who you know also like that. Well, you know, you know so so again, you're paying for the experience. You're not necessarily cuz how many live shows do you go to where the sound is just complete garbage? But you oh, still have a good time. Well, dude, have you I, I mean just to, to play into this to play into this I, I, I completely not not music related um but because of my what I do for a living um I I, I learn little tidbits like this um did you did you hear what recently happened live event in in the live event capacity uh with the University of Nebraska did you hear about this this is this is crazy and I mean this in a great way Nebraska recently, and I mean this year, I was like, I'm looking, let me, I was trying to get the number. It was at the end of August this year, the University of Nebraska had a women's volleyball tournament that set the world record at 92,003. They had over 92,000 people in their, in the, in the Nebraska 
uh, stadium for a women's volleyball match. I mean, that's and, – and for the record, the stadium itself can only really hold 85,000. It's – to think about that for a second, though. I, if, if you're going to try to tell me that the – that seeing a band play, which, come on, seeing a band play and seeing a sporting event, there's – it's the same thing – if you're going to tell me that there's no point in that, I would like you to tell 92,000 people who set the record in Nebraska, by the way. And if you don't know where Nebraska is, it's right in the damn center of the United States. Like, I used to live there. It's right in the damn center of the United States. And, you know, if that many people are going to go to – and, and I'm, I'm using this as an example because it's volleyball. It's not even the NFL. It's not even the NFL. It's not even – you know, this isn't the NBA. This isn't Taylor Swift. You know, they're always talking about, oh, Taylor Swift, blah, 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 blah. That's incredible. Here's the thing, though. That, and I just, I'm looking at another stat. That Nebraska stadium has sold, think about that. Here's another great example. That stadium in Nebraska that fills 85,000 people, check this out. They have sold out 396 consecutive games. Their football team have sold out 396 consecutive games in a stadium that holds 85,000 people. That's crazy, right? I mean, that's that's crazy. So screw anybody who try who wants to downplay the importance of of seeing events live. And and look, I get it, right? The the, the Huskers versus you know seeing a goat penis band in in a club. Maybe to to some people that doesn't resonate. But guess what? I don't give a damn about the Huskers. And if I lived across the street and got a free ticket, I probably wouldn't have gone because I'm like, well, the weather's terrible and I really don't like football, right? But what bands mean to me or what that means to them. So anybody who wants to make the argument that bands shouldn't tour or because today people would rather just stream it, again, look at that example. It's a, and and it's, it's, it's really and, – and I also use that example because the population well, of Nebraska is not very big. Well, you know? the, thing, the thing about it is, too, though, you have to look at it from the standpoint of um, <clears throat> like Metallica. And I know not every band is Metallica, but a lot of people I know who went to see Metallica, they're not metalheads. They, I mean, they, they are not metalheads from the standpoint of if you ask them if they like heavy metal, they'd say, yeah, I love the Black Album by Metallica. You know, well, they and might every know. one of those every one of those people in that Nebraska event were probably not volleyball aficionados either. Right, but my point my point is like sometimes with with things like that you go because it's the thing to do. You know, like you said, you know, if if there's there's a there's a local place down the road for me called Crossroads, right? I found out Anvil was playing there. Yes, I like Anvil, but at the same time I'm like it's down the road from me even if I was only like yeah Anvil's okay I probably still would have went because why not what else am I doing that night tickets were reasonably priced Anvil you know the band was cool I'm going to go check it out you know like if a ba- you know if it, that's the thing like when I lived in the city I'd see shows all the time or like oh this band's playing downtown I don't even know who they are it's a, like I would go to local metal shows and when I say local I mean literally like you know, local, like n- not signed anything else. I would go to local metal shows because I'm like, I'm not doing anything tonight. I'm going to take the A train down to 8th Avenue and check this band out because what else am I doing? You know, and, and w- for bands that actually have a following and people actually care about, you're going to make it a point to go. Like as soon as I saw that Imani Marth, 
I literally got I I logged on and bought tickets immediately. Like it wasn't even like I, I literally even said like as long as these tickets aren't like three hundred dollars, I'm going. You know, so but if they would have been like catch catch this stream with a Monty Marth Cannibal Corpse and Obituary, I'd have been like, Oh, that's neat. I hope they have fun. You know, like I don't care. Like I don't want to watch if I wanted to watch Cannibal Corpse live, I'd put in um like live cannibalism or live whatever. cannibalism or you so know i'd put in boston or i'd put yeah or i'd put in the the one before that what was it uh i haven't brain farts tonight you well, had there, it was, there was live cannibalism before that i had the monolith of death monolith of death yeah monolith love, of death. by the way so i would watch one of those i mean yeah yeah they're old they're like you know old but at the same time like who cares like it's still cannibal corpse live if i wanted to see a monty marth live i'd put in my wrath of the norseman dvd i've had for freaking 20 years yeah 15 yeah, years me, you know me me too and um, now, by the way, I'm, I'm also going to make a statement, and I want everybody to be clear about the fact that I'm not making this political. So don't, don't, don't take it that way. I'm also going to make this point that I'm not speaking for Rex, nor am I speaking for the, the, the Heavy Metal Hangover as a show. I'm speaking for myself. I am sick and damn tired of people whose entire goal in life is to just try to figure out ways to make other people, people miserable. And this whole, well, bands shouldn't tour because I don't give a damn what your reasoning is. And people, you know what? Screw you. You know, live music makes people happy. People go to shows because it makes them happy. And bands tour because it gives them a, it, it, it makes, it gives them a reason to do what they do. It, it, it gives them a job. It gives them to, a reason to do what they do. It makes them happy. It's what gives us all of these things that we like. The and, bands know, like it. And, and the, the bands like it. The fans like it. Point being, I am a happier person because of music. And when I and 99% of the time, when I go to a concert, I am happy to be there. These are things, I mean, sometimes I forget. Like we were saying earlier, like, oh, I forgot I saw that band. Um, but, you know, we were talking about a band earlier. It doesn't matter who it was. We were like, oh, I forgot I saw them. And, and I was like, you know what? It's funny, you might forget you see them, but the second you say you did, you remember the whole night. Dude, I probably can't list every concert I've ever been to. I, I have a list of things, but um, but when I when I scroll down through my iTunes or whatever, I click on a band, I remember when I saw them. I I remember songs they played, I remember where I was at the show. Those are and I and you and I have been to a lot of concerts. And a lot of shows. I I have made it, you know, one of the things that I've done my entire life. Um, as I go to a lot, a lot, a lot of shows. And I remember them. These are important experiences for me, and I'm not alone. So anybody who wants to make their life, who wants to dedicate... And by the way, I'm not even talking about that guy. This isn't about him. But this is just me saying, I am just sick and damn tired of people trying to just give reasons to try to make other people miserable. Like, I get it that there's people out there that are just unhappy people and they're miserable about their lives and they hate themselves. You know what? If that's you, be my guest. Don't bring it on me. You know, stop stop telling me that I can't listen to, you know, that I can't listen to Pantera because years after the band was, you know, the band broke up, Phil said something stupid despite the fact that none of their music was that way. 
you know, and again, I'm sorry if if this upsets you, fine. I don't think this, this conversation is going to upset any of our listeners. And if you're not one of our listeners and we're going to offend you, I think you would have turned this show off a long time ago. So again, I'm speaking for me. I'm not speaking for the show and I'm not speaking for Rex. I'm simply saying stop trying to make me miserable and anyone who tries to tell me that bands shouldn't tour because of, I don't give a damn what your reason is. You know what? I'm sorry. It makes me happy and I'm not alone. And the reason bands can do it, by the way, the only way a band can tour is if they can sell enough tickets to pay for the tour. And what's that mean? That these bands that are touring, clearly enough people are buying tickets to be able to do it, which means there's not one, I'm not the one guy in the crowd who's liking it. So I just want to throw that out. I'm sorry. I, don't, I, I hope no one gets their panties in a bunch over this, but I just feel strongly about that. You know, music is something that has made me a ha- metal, especially has made me who I am. Heavy metal has gotten me through, and we've both talked about this. Heavy metal has got me through things that other things wouldn't have got me through. Heavy metal is responsible for some of the happiest moments of my entire life. It's gotten me through some of the hardest. It is something that I have loved my entire life and still do. And you know, uh, on my deathbed, I hope to be listening to something good. You know, like I'm, you know, if, if I, if I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to make sure that someone tells, tells the hospital to, uh, you know, play Iron Maiden, play, I don't know, whatever, you know, play I speed at night on my deathbed. I don't care. My, my point is it, it, it has brought me joy my entire life and I don't want to live in a world where that can't ever happen, especially well, don't even get me started on the, the, what, what happened with the pandemic, but it it's just don't 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 say that to me because I, I I'm sorry, I I I take that one. Screw you, buddy. Like straight up, and not him. I'm not talking about the guy who wrote there. I don't care who he is. I don't even know who he is. It's not about him. It's just a statement in general. And um, I also think again, I'm not alone in this. And I think and I think you're right. Um, although I don't think metal is the only genre. Um, yeah, you know what? Taylor Swift fans very likely would pay to see the live streaming event. And that's not even insulting Taylor Swift fans. But it's because people's relationship, their connection to Taylor Swift is they've seen her, they've heard her. on. But what I mean is it's she is such a huge star. It's not as if people have some sort of intimate dude. they don't have an intimate relationship with someone like Taylor Swift. Dude, I yeah. there's a chance that if I find the nearest target to the venue uh in in Montclair, New Jersey, I could probably bump into Corpse Grinder and have a pleasant conversation with him. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. do that with Taylor Swift. Well, you're not going you're, so much- you're not going to bump into Taylor Swift before her concert at Madison, at her sold out concert at Madison Square Garden, because she's going to be surrounded by bodyguards. She's going into places you probably can't afford to be. And again, I'm not criticizing her for this. I'm saying we feel a different connection to the, a lot of the musicians in, at, at a lot of these well, shows we go to. Now, to be honest with you, dude, there's a chance you could probably, like, I'll even use a bigger band as an example. If Zach Wilde decided he wanted to go out in New York City, he's just going to go out in New York City. He's not going to have an entourage. He's not going to have bodyguards. Well, They're playing and- Madison Square Garden. That's, and you know you. And if you saw Zach Wilde 
you know, at McDonald's buying a double cheeseburger, you could probably say, hey, Zach, I'm a big fan. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hope you have fun to the show tonight. It's not going to be like, hey, hey, remember remember when we ran into NSYNC? Yeah. And, and the, at the truck stop. So, you know, I, we've told the story on the show before. Our band was just played a show in Cleveland and we pulled into a truck stop because, you know, we need flying, Jake. you know, yeah, yeah we, we pulled it. Yeah. Flying Jake's, you know, you know, yeah. Take a take a pee, you know, grab some grab some road snacks, you know, take a you know break for a minute, whatever. And suddenly we see these gigantic dudes walk in like massive, gigantic freaking dudes walk in and they have these tiny little guys like with them. And we were just like, oh, what, what's that? And, no, and then all of a sudden we look over and we're like, I recognize that guy. That's Justin Timber. Like, yeah, NSYNC's tour bus pulled in like right behind us. So they're in there and flying Jay, like buying bread and, you know, whatever to stock their tour bus. And dude, our lead singer walked up to Justin Timberlake and said, hey, you're Justin Timberlake. And he immediately had like these six foot five, like 350 pound guys like right, right on him. Which, which you know what is I mean? what caused our singer to say some obnoxious stuff. Well, and but, of course, our, our singer was the kind of guy who literally, we wouldn't have gotten our asses kicked because we did something. We would have gotten our asses kicked because he did something. Well, dude, he literally walked up to Justin T- Timberlake and says, what does Britney's mm-hmm taste like? Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, th- that, that, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. But, but my point, my point is, you know, the interactions between these top tier pop stars and even top tier metal bands are way different. They're well, not in the same category. They're not in the same league. Like, I, I mean, look, I, I mean, maybe, you know, Ozzy might have bodyguards with him. You know, maybe, you know, I, when you're talking like the absolute top, like has transcended metal, maybe those guys have bodyguards around them. But, well, you know, the, the point I was going to make is that there's that that's part of it. But I'll, I'll add on to um, what I was what I was really getting out about this. Ah, it's nailed, not, dude, ain't it's no not candy. just that Metallica and Ozzy and 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 some and ACDC or whatever that some of these bands are so. I mean, let's be fair. Like you're not getting ten feet near the guys in Metallica on tour either. But here's the difference. You know, I don't even think that's true. Well, maybe, but that's not that's not the point. Look, you're not going to get within ten feet of them at the venue. You could probably run into James Hetfield somewhere. Right on Rodeo Drive, most likely. But now, here's my point. That's not even the point I'm. I agree with you, but that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is this. It's not that Taylor Swift is – it's not just because Taylor Swift is such a big, uh, famous, you know, godlike celebrity. It's because people who listen to Taylor Swift, that's the format they know Taylor Swift in. You know, what I mean is they – they know Taylor Swift from seeing her perform at a whatever at a Super Bowl and in a movie and on hit radio. It's not so someone paying to watch a live stream of Taylor Swift is because that's kind of the way they've experienced Taylor Swift up until this point. It's different when it's bands that you, you know, have seen. You've seen play in venues that you've you have any sort of connection to where like yeah I want to see bands live because I've seen them live or I have listened to them. It's different when it's you know you only know this person from them being this mega star that you never saw that you yeah you weren't at that Super Bowl you I don't even know if she played a Super Bowl I don't give a damn. 
you know, you saw that. That's what I'm getting at. There is there is so much distance between, not just so much distance between you and the person from a perspective of trying to like interact with them, but there is so much distance between you and her as an artist at all that just watching her stream online is not that crazy because, again, your 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 distance to her art is that far away. With 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 general other kinds of bands, um, there's there's at least some sort of. I mean, dude, let, let's let's say this. I mean, I I can't stand Dave Matthews. I can't stand Dave Matthews. He's probably a wonderful person. Can't stand his music. I really 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 can't stand his music. Um, but dude, look at how many people go to Dave Matthews shows every year. Dave Matthews appeal is that people have a connection with Dave Matthews. Maybe not him personally. Maybe they've never met him. Maybe they've never been within 100 feet of the guy. But they have that the, – the, and look, I always say I, I can't stand Dave Matthews fans because, A, they're pretentious, and, B, if you're a Dave Matthews fan – if you like Dave Matthews, that's fine. If you're a Dave Matthews fan, you don't listen to any other music. You only listen to Dave Matthews, and you will tell me that everything I like sucks because Dave Matthews is better. That drives me nuts. But – the Dave Matthews thing, it's an experience, and it's the reason you're a Dave Matthews fan is because of that you seeing him live and that audience connection thing. That's not why you're that's not why you're connected to Taylor Swift. You like Taylor Swift because she's this huge mega star that you're not used to being within a hundred yards of her art. So part of it is the celebrity fact. The other part is it's just hey, dude, how many times have I said I really don't enjoy stadium concerts? I don't like huge stadium shows or huge arenas. I don't love huge arena concerts because I find them completely impersonal, you know, and it's just it, whatever. I like I like outdoor arenas and small clubs, and I like it because there's a there's a personal connection there. Um, and I don't even know if my, my Taylor Swift point made sense. It makes sense in my head. I might not have, you know, explained it properly, but besides the point, I just I, – I, I think – Especially with, well, let's say this, with, with interactive styles of music, what I mean by that is with metal, there is, there, there's the energy, there's something going on there. Um, I would say that any style of music that has a large number of fans tied to that style I mean, look, Taylor Swift is huge. People love Taylor Swift. But they're not people that are – they're not generally necessarily people that are obsessed with a genre of music. They just really like Taylor Swift. I think, you know, certain genres of music just play to it a lot more, you know. Um, I might say rap is often not that way, but that's also because nine times out of ten, rap is not – a live music style, right? A lot of rappers don't tour. Some do. But rap is not really... Rap is more... Rap Rap you should listen to at a club. But no, rap will be played at a club, right? The music itself lends itself to being in a live setting with, you know, with other people at a nightclub or whatever. But it doesn't really lend itself as the performer up on stage. I mean, I know Lil Wayne, there's videos of him playing guitar, and they're funny. But so maybe rap is not the right one when it comes to 
you know the 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 needing of the the need the live experience um country certainly is country i would i would say country is very much like metal in the fact that the live country concert is a big deal for country for country people big and small artists big and small i mean yeah you have garth brooks who sells out a stadium and people go see garth brooks who can't name three songs but it's garth brooks and I'm not making fun of him for not being able to name three songs. My point is, it's Garth Brooks. It's again, like you said, Metallica. It's the event. You go see Garth Brooks because there's, you know, eight million people there, all drunk singing friends in low places. But country's huge that way, man. People, and when I mean country, I don't. I'm not talking your, your, you know, your pop artists. I'm not talking your Carrie Underwoods. But man, real country fans like that. That like what I would call country more so than just twangy pop music man their fans are they're they're packing places everywhere man everywhere i really i mean country artists fill crowds better than most rock bands do and and even on a smaller level you know even like clubs and smaller smaller artists and smaller shows they'll they'll pack it man it's huge so i i don't i agree that metal is it, it certainly um part of it but the the interesting thing too is there's just there's other genres that it means the same thing i have a friend of mine and i know you know him um he's he's a huge country fan and he introduced us to a um some i don't remember what it is he would i feel bad because i forgot but he sent us this was a couple years ago some um some country artist that he really likes put out a metal album and he sent it to us and we both were like it's actually pretty cool you know i, I, I we both kind of liked it i mean we weren't you know, going to run out and buy all his albums. But I remember it being good. And so, I mean, I've got some friends that are, dude, my, the same guy I'm talking about, dude, his, um, his favorite country artist, I'm, I'm going to screw up his name and I'm not going to Google it. Jason Isbell or something like that. He has some, um, he has a new, uh, some, uh, really nice signature Fender Stratocaster out now. Cause I remember he bought it point i'm getting at is he has seen jason isbell 20 times live 20 to me that's just i don't even i don't even know what this band so i don't know what he sounds like and it's country i'm probably not gonna be into it but i have a buddy who has seen this guy 20 times and went out and bought that guitar just because he wanted a guitar like his i mean it's crazy man so screw anybody who thinks it's um, I will tell you I have little – I don't know how long this is going to last. Um, please, please, world, prove me wrong because I don't want to think that as time goes by, more and more of these – anybody who uses OK Boomer in a sentence, like those kinds of kids, I just hope that we don't get to a point where they – start being so attached to their phones that they they don't want that they don't want bands playing because they'd rather so, just watch it. So that's going to make this, me sad. This like actually feeds into another thing we wanted Sorry, to talk about. Sorry, I just kind of went off on a rant. It, it, it happens. This goes into another thing we wanted to talk about in the same article there mentioned we'll go back to what the original post was about and that was um doing away with physical media. Now, um the thing about this is um the the of course you know the my first reaction was oh wait you mean a record label executive wants to do away with the only form of owning music where they can't take it away from you oh well that makes sense 
Um, you know, then he brought up all the environmental impacts and stuff. And I will say this, look, for a lot of people, owning media doesn't matter. Like a lot of people will buy and I hate I hate continuing to use Taylor Swift, but she's honestly the biggest thing out right now. So like, well, you know, she's, records, why, she's why the U.S. government is looking into uh, looking into um, uh, loud, yeah. uh, uh, Live Nation. Yeah. So, you know, but, you know, the thing the thing is like uh, record store day. She had an exclusive record out. That was the first one. To, people were in line for that record. So, you know, look, love her or hate her. She's having an Im- Im- impact on music. Whether if you respect her as an artist or not, she's having a tremendous impact on music, live music, uh, uh, you know, delivered music, like recorded music. She's having a tremendous impact, you know, good or bad. Well, that remains to be seen. But so, you know, maybe maybe for a lot of people who are just, you know, they find music disposable, meaning, Oh, whatever's on the radio is what my favorite song is. Or, oh, I listen to a little, you know, the people who say, oh, I listen to a little bit of everything, you know, meaning I don't really like, you know, I don't really have a favorite band. I might have a favorite song. I just mostly turn on the radio and whatever's on I'm satisfied with. And there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, you're that way with food. There's no, I'm that way with food. I, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, can we be honest, right? There's people who take food as seriously as you and I take metal. And you're the kind of guy who's like, look, there's like three things I don't like. Otherwise, just put it on a plate. Yeah, I don't. I mean, really and truthfully, like I, I eat because I have to. Um, I don't. I, I'm not the kind of person who's going to sit there and spend four hours preparing a meal and sit down and appreciate it. Right, that's I'm the kind of person who's going to say, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get a hamburger. You know, like, and I don't really care where it's from as long as it's edible and won't make me sick. What's funny is I'm not I'm not a picky eater. I don't care about any of that stuff. I just really I I enjoy cooking. So it's like I enjoy the yeah. process of cooking, but I'm not a picky eater. Like if I go out, like but, whatever, serving on. But a but so so owning media is interesting because metal is one of those genres where I feel like um, music ownership is still something of a point of a. It's a it, it's a point of pride, and b. Because metal is still focused on the album, meaning a lot of pop stars right now, they may release an album, but really all that matters is the single. You know, they, and even then, a lot of a lot of pop musicians aren't even releasing albums anymore. They're releasing songs. They know that why go in and record 14 songs when all anybody wants to hear is track three? I'm just going to put out track three, and then I'm going to let track three do its work because... Now that iTunes and Spotify and all that are in play, the the amount of albums they would sell versus just you know is is not going to match people who just go on to Apple Music and, and and stream track three or buy for ninety nine cents track three because they don't give a crap about the rest of the album. I mean, how many albums did we buy in the nineties on CD and we're like, wow, it's a great song, and you bring the album home and the album sucks except for that song. Because, you know, the, the band said, here's our track, here's our single, we know that they're going to buy this album because of it, so who cares what the rest, either either they were like, who cares what the rest of it sounds like, or they weren't good enough well, musicians hey, to actually write something besides their single. I, I, wrote, I wrote my college thesis on, you know, the problems with the music industry that led to, that led to Napster, and that was one of them. You know, they would they would basically force you to not force, but they, if you want, I'll put it this way: if you wanted one song, you couldn't get it. You had to buy an album just to get one song, and there was a there was a list of other reasons. Um, yeah. But that was entirely it. Like you didn't have the option of just getting one song, so, so you had to buy the album and whatever whatever the single was. You had to you had to pay twenty dollars in nineteen ninety seven. You had to pay twenty dollars for for a CD to get one song. Um, which is anyway, go on. Yeah. So, I mean, so 
now that's not the case. So, you know, now you have a lot of artists who aren't releasing albums or who are releasing EPs and, you know, cause they even say now when we were, when we were recording albums in the early two thousands, our producer said, don't waste time with an album, release an EP. Because he said, you know, you're not going to sell as many albums as you will a four song EP. Now, and, if you listen to- with the budget we had, he's like, you could get, you could make four songs sound great or eight songs sound crappy. <laughs> right. And, and, and not only that, but and he wasn't wrong. now producers are telling you don't release an EP, release singles. Like don't, yeah. don't release, don't waste your time trying to put out an album, just put out singles. So, because they said, that's really the only attention that people are going to give you. They're going to listen to one of your songs and they're going to pass. They're, they're, they're going to listen to one of your songs and move on. You know, hopefully maybe you get into some big playlist or whatever. And metal, I feel like is still the only genre, one of the few genres where we still say album. Hey, did you, we don't say, did you hear the new cattle decap? I mean, look, I'm not talking about when Cattle Decapitation or Judas Priest or whoever puts out a song, you know, three or a month before they release their album to get you interested. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I'm excited for the new Judas Priest album. I'm excited for the new Cannibal Corpse album. We don't say I can't wait for Cannibal Corpse to release a new song. I can't wait for Judas Priest to release a new song. No, we, no, we, we want the song album. And we go, oh, my God, I can't wait for the album. Yeah, I can't wait to get the album. We hear the song and anticipate the album. We don't hear the song and say, well, that's it. I'm done now. Like, so I, I feel like, you know, and not only that, but metalheads also take pride. You know, I was talking to somebody. I was I was talking to somebody the other day and said, like, I read this. I'm going to try and find this meme that I have uh, saved, and I want to read it because it's it's uh, it's valid. And, you know, the thing about it is um, we are we're collectors. You know, we're you know, you say you don't collect anything, but I I just I'm going to disagree with you. And it says the collector is an artist in his own way. The way he puts things together, you can read a person's soul from their collection. I found this post literally seven years ago right? right and it's 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 stayed with me because it's true you know you a metalhead will take will, will take pride in their music collection because maybe you have a huge old school death metal collection yeah you've got some thrash you've got some black metal you've got some doom but you know your real your real focus is i've got a killer like i've got every quintessential old school death metal album on vinyl or cd or whatever you know it's hard to show somebody your iTunes and say, look at this awesome collection. I'm not saying that if you have a great iTunes collection, that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying anyone's better than you because they have a pile of CDs. Look, some people bottom line is they just don't have room for that stuff. And that's cool. You know, but I'm saying like a lot of people, a lot of metalheads to them, you know, to me, for instance, I have a huge record collection, right? To me, I love listening to records because it forces me to listen to the album because it's not like iTunes where you can get distracted and and flip back and forth and move move around. I like putting a record on and being forced because it's a pain in the butt. You can't just get up halfway through a record and lickety split switch it. No, you got to, you know, you, you know, and not only that, but it's a physical piece. Like it's something to hold. Like I own this and we're going to get into why that's important in a second. I own this piece. I own this music. And the 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 thing is that you know i i feel like metal is still is one of the last genres where that matters like where you're you know it used to be in the 80s like people would say oh, i've got a great record collection in the 90s oh i got a great cd collection now it's basically like yeah i've got all my music on my phone like it's not it's not like something to behold it's not and, and not only that but 
because of things like Spotify and Apple Music and iTunes and everything else, music's become more disposable. Oh, that's, that album came out, add. Oh, that album came out, add. That album came out, add. You're not curating. There's no curation step, meaning you're not going to the store saying, I've got 50 bucks. To, you know, and I'm not talking about the people with unlimited budgets. I'm saying you're not walking into the store saying, I've got 50 bucks to spend. What what, what am I going to buy today? Where you're looking and saying, I've, I picked out these 10 records, but I don't really want to spend $300 today. So I'm going to pick like four of them, you know? Right. So, you know, versus iTunes where it's like, add, 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 add. Dude, I have stuff in my iTunes I haven't even listened to yet. That for And it's been there for years. Right. Because I'm like, ooh, that sounds cool. I'll listen to that one day. No, I didn't. But and, Versus you know, my record collection, I have a separate pile of stuff I haven't listened to yet, and I work through it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, dude. I, I When I buy records, if I buy a bunch at a time, um, which I do, I go to a record store, and I'm, I'll see five I want, you know. Um, they they have a stack, and it's like I have to. They don't go into my shelf until they've been listened to. That's the rule. Yeah, me too. They sit in a separate spot. They don't get put away until they get listened to. Now, I am not saying I will not listen to anything else until I listen to them all, because sometimes I'm just in the mood to listen to something. Um, by the way, the only point that and and I know when I when when you and I disagree as to whether or not I'm a collector, I I just and I know I'm I'm I'm, I'm I'm splitting hairs with the terminology, but I just more or less mean I don't fall into the category of a lot of people who consider them collectors from the perspective of I just want I want stuff that I can listen to. And if I want to listen to it, I like being able to listen to it as opposed to I don't like like if I want Kiss's first album, I want whatever copy of it sounds good that I can get easily and cheaper. But that's you know, but that's I mean? that's no. fine. But at the same time, though, I've also seen you say, "Well, I'm missing this album, and I kind of feel like I need to have it." Oh, like sure, that, sure, That's sure. a collector. Like that's a collector's. But you're not saying I'm missing this album, and I won't listen to it all the time, so I'm not going to buy it. And that well, that's a collector. I, I Look, generally won't buy it if I won't listen to it. But I, I right, right. But I'm saying like you know, obviously, if it sucks, I mean, I'm the same way. If the album, I mean, I have right. bought albums that sucked and, because and, and I feel look, like and I'm not. A whole... I'm not saying there aren't there aren't exceptions, and I'm not saying there aren't things that I'm like this is just seriously really cool. I just mean like when I, 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 tr I don't like calling myself a record collector, only because well, of there's what, a stigma what, with that. Well, I just all I know is like, well, hey, I've said this before. I have gone to and again, hey, maybe I am, but I've gone to record store day and gotten there early in the morning. And been first in line, and the only person in the entire line who isn't trying to get the five albums in there that are going to be rare and rare. I just want the one King's X record. See, collector really like does not always mean value, though. There's, right? There's, no, I just mean like for like, me, it's like I just really me, like King's X. I've been a comic book collector. I've been a comic book collector for most of my life. Like the only thing I've probably liked longer than comic books has been metal, and. I don't buy comic books because I don't buy comic books thinking, ooh, this is going to be worth, this is or is going to be worth a lot of money someday. I have comic books that I could literally sell and buy a car. Sure. Like, well, I, 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 I literally have comic books. If I were to sell them right now, I could walk onto a car lot and buy a car. I, I will, but I will that's also not say, why I own them. That's no, no, not no, I why I own well, them. And I would, I, would also, I would also differentiate with comics, though, too. Um, you know, are you are you a reader who wants to be able to read as much as you possibly can? Um, versus, but that's a collector too. Yeah, no, I, I agree. mean, I, 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 I just, mean, say, I, saying, saying I own I'm every not. issue of Uncanny X Men and I don't give a crap what they're worth because I really enjoy reading them is the same is a, I, is as much of a collector that says I own every issue of Uncanny X Men because I know they're worth a ton of money. You know? I will say this: I, I I I can't say that I'm not a collector. 
I can simply say I can definitely differentiate myself in from a lot of the collector world. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like I, I collect com I collect X-Men comic books because I love X-Men. Like I have a copy of X-Men number one from 1963. It's the first appearance of the X-Men, first appearance of Magneto. It's worth a considerable amount of money. I spent a considerable. It was one of those things where I did not buy this comic book because I said, "Ooh, this is going to only go up in value and it's a great investment. I bought this because I want to own this piece of history. It's the same thing as I, I bought a lot of the records I own. I bought original pressings. Why? I don't I don't care. Like I own the I own an original copy. I own a first press original copy of Rain and Blood. That's worth a ton of money. I own an original press first copy of Show No Mercy, also worth a ton of money. I don't care. I don't own those because I bought them because they're worth a ton of money. To me, the value to me is not in what I could take them to the record store and sell them for. The value to me is looking at that record and saying this was on the shelf in 1986 when no one knew what the hell Rain and Blood was. Somebody bought this and took this home and had their freaking head blown off. I, I mean, like, maybe, maybe I look at maybe I look at it as the difference between <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I look at it as the difference between someone who likes beer and someone who needs to go to meetings. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying I, like you know, from from a collection standpoint, I don't collect for value either. I, I can I can look at something and say I know I own something that has value and you own stuff that has value too. I own a few, but at the yeah, same time um, you don't I, own it because it has value. Yeah, like I guess what, that that's the difference of thing. What's funny about there's, stuff there's I own a difference has, in collectors between of there's a difference with collectors of people who own stuff and know it has value and own stuff because it has value. True. Yo, know, I mean I, I I have a couple of records that I don't know. I probably have a few that are worth a hundred bucks maybe. Um, but I would, I would, I will tell you this one, this, I would get rid of every one of my records worth anything. I would get rid of all of them to make sure that I kept the three or four that mean more to me than any of them. I have well, a few that are monetarily worth nothing, you know, like there is no way in hell I would ever part with my copy of Last in Line that Ronnie James Dio signed. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, that's... That's not because but again, record, though, you, that, you're, you're comparing you're comparing something that's replaceable with something that's not replaceable. Right, sure, sure, sure. I mean, I, that's I guess, like that's like saying that's like saying I would rather lose all of my records than cut off my left hand. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. <laughs> like, I guess I guess all I, I more or less I, I mean I more or less mean like um, I just I don't know I, I separate myself maybe I, I I separate myself to a in a level of um. What the, the I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm not saying I'm not a collector. I'm simply saying a lot of the behavior of a lot of people that are collectors. I just it's just not me. It's just not I don't something. like it either. It's I don't, not, I don't like people. I do. I don't know? like people who walk into a record store or a comic book store and buy everything that's worth it, worth something and then turn around and try and sell it to me for three. Well, times that's, what they and paid. That's, a, that's another story now, altogether. I, I also, I'm, I'm a big fan of capitalism, but I'm also not a fan of taking things away from people who like and appreciate like. Let's say Cannibal well, that, Corpse. Also, was in, let's also, say Cannibal Corpse. Let's say Cannibal Corpse released a super rare album, right? I'm not a fan of somebody like me, somebody who doesn't even really know who Cannibal Corpse is, walking in and buying that and then trying to sell it to me, who supported the band since I was a teenager well, yeah. for three times what they paid. Again, I like capitalism, and again, I'm not saying there, they can't also, do that. There, I'm there, saying I don't like things. it. Number one, that is um, that is purposely. That is purpose. That is someone purposely um, uh, engaging in activities.
to artificially reduce the supply. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the science behind it. I'm talking about the the morals behind it. Well, yeah, no, I mean, and it's because that that is literally. Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to say you're a fan of capitalism, so am I. That's the kind of thing that works against. It just works against it. You know, when you when you artificially decrease the supply of something to form a secondary market, but you are you're 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 getting rid of you know. Anybody who wants to argue capitalism is a good thing. Yeah, it but, is I mean, when it this, works. In you're you're going too deep, though. You're going oh, know, way know, too I know, deep. I know, I know, I know. You're going way too deep. Like again, the science of it doesn't matter. It's 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 the 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 practicality of it. Meaning, like, yes, I understand what's going on there, and I understand why it's bad. But I'm talking about like, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying it sucks when oh, it people drives, do it. It drives me nuts. It, so, no, it was no different. It was no different than you know than than people buying up buying stores out of ass wipe during the during the um, yeah. During during the pandemic, so you know, people but, were literally they were literally scalping asswipe. Think about that for a minute. But you know, I, I want to take this back a little bit now in terms of why yeah, we, we went off the rails. About I don't even so, know what we're talking about. So anymore. owning media, so owning media. Oh yeah, that like, one. Now, now like, about. there's a point of pride, but more importantly than the point of pride. So I recently came across something on my social and, and media. And by the way, let me let me I, let me I didn't real quick. This is actually all the stuff that we've talked about is great, but this, what he's about this is actually. Really important. I, I'm going to go on record and say this is really important what you're about to talk about. So the the problem is that I saw something on my social media and PlayStation removed all of its discovery content. And they said, because, you know, we've lost, we've terminated our license with discovery, we're removing all paid content. So that means the stuff that people literally said, oh, I like that. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to buy the season of this. I'm going to buy the up. And hopefully I'm understanding this right. But from what I've seen and what they released in their, you know, the, the actually coming from Sony, this is true. Um, oh, I paid for season one of this show. Great. I can't wait to watch it. Oh, Sony terminated their license. So they're removing it now. Your payment for that doesn't mean crap. They're not allowed to give it to you. So, yes, you paid Sony to watch that on your PlayStation, but Sony can't give it to you because they, they, they're not willing to pay discovery. So now what you paid for doesn't mean crap. That is the important thing about physical media. That is why Spotify and Apple Music, they're great when you want to just, you know, like I said, have the fire hose of music turned on you. It's not so great when you decide you want to listen to an album and you finally realize, oh, I'm just renting my music. Like, that's the bottom line. Spotify, Apple Music, all that, even iTunes where you pay per track, you know, and everything else like that, you're renting your music. You know, I Apple could say, wow, Metallica wants that much in royalties. Well, screw Metallica. Yeah. I'm going to pull them from our store. Oh, well, you bought all those albums. Well, I hope you have them on your hard drive because if you don't, you're screwed. Yeah. Luckily, luckily for me, I have everything in my iTunes on a hard drive. I have an external hard drive. Me too. Just for that. And and I'm I'm happy I do because, dude, albums go away. Sometimes it's random ones, too. Yeah. Sometimes like 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 I want to say don't. Don't correct me if I'm wrong, but like for some reason, I want to say like the first Ingve record is not on Spotify. Something like that, please. If there's an Ingve record, I want to say it's the first one. Uh, look at the black. Look at Black Sabbath. There's a decade yeah, you can't worth listen of black- to any Tony Martin stuff. You couldn't listen to any or uh, or um, uh, God, you, at least the Tony Martin. Um, I don't remember if the Glenn and the Glenn Hughes records. No, nothing except for Dio. I, I believe is it nothing but Dio nothing or except Ozzy? for Ozzy and Dio are on there. So like like I man, dude, I have and, said and, a million times, "Born Again" by Black Sabbath, which has Ian, which has Ian Gillen of Deep Purple singing on it, is a 
it's a freaking amazing record. And I'm, I'm okay. Look, if it's on there, I don't care. My point is, you can't hear it on there. I've owned it on vinyl since I bought it for a dollar, or whatever I paid for it in high school, because you know you couldn't give away vinyl in those days, and you couldn't, and no one cared about that record because Ozzy wasn't on it. I love it, um, but yeah, dude, it, it, it's it's every time one of these services goes out of business, every time one of these services drops it's, a license, yeah, and that's the thing, and it could be down. Go it's ahead. Gone. And no, it's just gone. And, and, and look, look, if it you're could be down for- to the label. Like it could be that, oh, we're willing to pay Warner Brothers, but then after 19, and I'm making these dates up, after 1983, Black Sabbath went from Warner Brothers to Interscope, and we're not willing to pay Interscope. So every album they released after that is not available to you. Or, and, or the band or they could say, or they could say, well, we, you know, we're willing to pay Interscope, and then five years later say, well, Interscope wants too much money screw them we're not paying them we're going to pull all their stuff from the store and then next thing you know there's no there's no there's no albums and the thing is you realize i don't care how much you like those albums they're gone they're well, done you're 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 you are not listening to those albums and the thing the thing that sucks is that you know where do you turn like in you can say well you can turn to piracy but I know a lot of heavy metal guys like supporting them. And, and look, let's not even get into the payments. We're we're to actually yeah, we're not going on that. Doyle, Doyle posted a video from Weird Al, and it was hilarious. Yeah, the, I, I, the, the Weird Al video was funny. He, I, I saw he, he posted it. It's so funny. He he said Weird Al gets on and he goes, "I just really like to thank from the bottom of my heart, you know, everyone who supported me. I was just notified that I have 80 million streams on Spotify, and if I'm doing my math right." That's about $12. So I'd like to thank you for the sandwich I'm going to buy at a store. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's a great so, sandwich. And he's like, but but that's, you know, but Spotify, the, the streaming doesn't pay. So like, you know, look, I'm not, I, I look, I understand all of us are living in different worlds. Some of us have higher budgets. Some of us have lower budgets. And the important thing is we're really trying to support these artists as best as we can. So look, if, if, if that 14 or 10 or 14 bucks a month is, is the best you can do, I'm not taking a crap on you. I'm not taking a crap on you. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong. So please, you know, if, if Spotify is your only way of listening to music or being able to afford music, please understand that no one here on this show is saying you're doing anything wrong or not doing your part or, you know, crappy or anything else like that. I'm simply saying that at the end of the day, you know, going out there and buying a record, buying a CD. I understand also that people live in studio apartments in Manhattan and they literally have a television and a bed and they don't have the room for a 500 CD shelf or a 4,000 record shelf. So I also understand that too. So please, please, we're, we're being sensitive to all this other stuff going on. I'm simply saying that at the end of the day, the only way to ensure that if you love an album that you will always be able to listen to it aside from catastrophes is owning it on media is owning the CD owning the record downloading and at least having not just up in the cloud for Apple to hold on to but downloading onto your computer a copy of that album and I'm saying download and I mean purchasing I'm not encouraging bootlegging I'm not encouraging that what you know anything else like that I'm not gonna comment on my opinions on that um, I'm just saying you know Owning some piece of that, whether it's on your hard drive, on your shelf, in your car, whatever, owning it is the only way to make sure that Spotify, Apple, 
Amazon, whomever you use to listen to music doesn't decide one day, I don't want to pay this guy. You're not listening to their music anymore. Well, you know what? I, I'll give you I'll give you another example too. Um one of my I mean, I'm not gonna say it's one of my all-time favorite records because I use that I overuse that term. But I, I know there's a record that I absolutely, absolutely love, like a lot. And again, I got it for next to nothing in high school on vinyl. Um, I am curious, just out of, out of curiosity. Let me look at eBay real quick, which is not always a great um, ga- gauge of what it's something is Discogs worth. is usually better. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let me go on Discogs real quick. Hold on. Um, oh, I just ordered a bunch of records. Too, yeah, speaking let me, of which. I don't mean to make everybody wait while I look this up. but Well, I'll tell um, you what I bought. Yeah, go for it. I bought a live. I bought the Live King Diamond out because I was telling you Metal Blade having that sale. I bought. What did I buy? Let me go back and find what I bought. Um, uh, I have to find it. Hold on. Uh, okay, here. I bought Carnival of Chaos by Guar. It was like ten bucks. I mean, for a double LP, that's insane. It has. It has. Guar Woman, aka Slymenstra Hyman, singing "I Don't Need a Man." I believe that's what it's called. I bought King Diamond Songs of the Dead Live. I bought King Diamond The Dark Sides because I got to get no presents for Christmas. And there's a band actually, Duff. I want you to check out. And you know what? Maybe maybe we should re- resurrect. Um, I've been thinking the challenges about that, by the way, again. That we should do that. Yeah. Yeah, we should res- Space Chaser. They're called Space Chaser. You know why? You know who they remind me a lot of? Who's that? Overkill. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, I discovered them because they were on a split with the band uh, Distiller, who became uh, Cryptosis. Um, and I discovered them through that, and uh, I, I've been a big fan of theirs. But again, the album was the, you know it was clearance for ten bucks, so I couldn't say no. I listened to it, and it's pretty awesome. It's it's thrash metal. Like I said, if you like Overkill, definitely give Space Chaser a listen. So I'm excited to get those records. I've ordered a lot of records this year because or this, uh, this the, the last you know nothing new really, or not as much new. But uh, last year. Every single thing I the past couple years I've owned on vinyl every single thing on my top ten. Uh, so, I'm curious to see if that's the case this year. You know, because well, good. I'm I'm not. Bottom line is this though. I will also say this: vinyl has been creeping up in price, and I have a problem with paying forty dollars for I a single record. I'm the same I won't do it. I won't do it. Carnation, one of one of the death metal bands that one of our listeners turned us on to, who is really really good. Who's really good. They just released another. Uh, they, actually, that would have been I, that should have actually been my pick of the week. I we should have done pick of the week because that album might make that album might make my top ten. Um, just released a new album. I'm not spending thirty eight dollars on a single album. I just can't do it. I you know I'm not the, the last cattle decapitation album forty dollars. I can't do it. No, I'm not gonna like do they're that. they're releasing a lot of the tankard albums that I don't have in my box set. You know, R.I.B. I love that album. I'm not spending forty dollars on it. I, like I, I've I've spent that much for Sabotage records, but hey, not only do I obnoxiously love Sabotage, I listen to those albums. Like I I will play those albums out. They're also they're worth forty bucks because you get tons of stuff. <laughs> and you know, the, it, the, it's, the t- it's a it's a release worth the forty bucks. And yeah, you know who else? Is, you know what? You know who I've spent that money on? Typo Negative. Oh yeah, because they're, Typo they're Negative, like. they release tons of bonus materials like live live things, uh, you know, diff, cut tracks, you know, everything else like that. And Fear Factory because I bought D Manufacture and I think it cost me like forty some dollars, but it basically was D Manufacture and a whole live album. So basically, it was like two albums. Right. So you know, like when when it's stuff like that. I think uh, beneath the remains as well. Beneath the remains, I think I paid a little a little bit for it. I, I don't think it was that high, but beneath the remains contained 
Beneath the Remains, a ton of bonus content, and then a whole other version of the album. So, I mean, like, you know, stuff like that's different because well, I consider that almost a box set. But, you know, I un- I also understand when we're getting into this whole owning media, I also understand that the record companies are shooting themselves in the foot now because they finally realize that people actually want this stuff. So what do they do? Of course, they're going to gouge you. Well, so okay. in no way, shape or form am I shaking my finger at somebody who's not willing to spend 30 or 40 dollars on a record. I'm just saying, like, look, you know, if 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 you're into it and it's your thing, it's it's gonna make it hey. a better. It, it's gonna be more dependable and a better experience than trying to like, oh, I'm gonna listen to this album. Ah, crap! Spotify well, pulled it. You know what? CDs are not all that expensive anymore. CDs are like vinyl used to be. You can get tons of them really, really, really cheap. I'd recommend it. Um, here's what I was gonna say earlier, and I was curious. I had a feeling it was. Um, again, I I could not tell you the value of any record I own generally. But I do, I do have one that I know is um, worth. I mean, it's not a ton of money. I've seen it listed as low as seventy-five, eighty dollars. All the ones on eBay are like two hundred. It's two hundred on Amazon, which what, I get that no one's really going to pay that. Let's just comfortably say it's worth a hundred bucks. I don't care, whatever. But here's the thing: which one is it? Is it the witchcraft one? No, well, that I don't care about. That was given to me. But here's a record that I paid next to nothing for that is actually worth some money now, and I will tell you why. Because you can't listen to it. And in fact, uh, Rex, I'm going to ask you, do you still have a Spotify account? Yeah. I'm going to ask you to look something up for me. Because I just checked on iTunes. Here's an album that is absolutely mind-blowing that doesn't exist What's the album? Anymore. I can't look it up if you don't sorry, tell me sorry, what sorry. it is. The first album by the band Badlands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't exist. I have that I had that on cassette. I think I might even have it on CD. It doesn't exist anymore. You it's not on I I'd be curious if it's on Spotify. It's probably not. Um it's, it's an, not it's, which, and here wait wait, it's not and let me tell you the most ironic thing about that. What? It's not on it's not on Spotify. And the the picture they use for the band is the album cover of the first album. Yeah, no, here's the thing. Well, it's not just the first album. You can't the artist Badlands is not even in Apple Music. You can't. Okay, they have more than one record. I think they have two. Yeah, but their do. first album is the only one anyone cares about because it has. Um, uh, uh, but here's the here's the thing, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist on um, uh, on any street. Okay, I, I should clarify. You can listen to it on YouTube. Because someone put it on YouTube, but that is a horribly unreliable way of listening to music. But the first song off that record is called High Wire. It's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, actually, Seasons heard, is my favorite song on that album. It's also great. The whole record is great. But you can't listen to it, and you never will. I'm telling you right I've, now, I've that seen album it. will never be on a streaming I don't. I don't have that on vinyl, and I saw it at a record show for like 80 bucks. Yeah, as I was gonna say, I, I would roughly say fine, a hundred. Who gives a crap? That it's not the point is not what the record's worth. I don't care. My point is, you can't listen to that if you don't own it. You can't, and you, by the way, never will. The record label will never put that album out. They will never make it available for streaming. Apple will never carry it. Spotify will never carry it. It, it will not ever exist ever again. I'm telling you right now. That album will not exist. It will never be remade. It'll never be repressed. It'll never be reprinted, and it'll never stream because of Ray Gillen. In I, I, look for 
not the same reason, but it was solely because of behavior. Kind of like they're probably not re- they're not going to be repressing Ice Earth albums anytime soon. Now, I can't say never. I can't say that after a few years when political tides change that maybe, you know, they, they won't start, um, you know, uh, can you stream Ice Earth? I'm curious. Yes. You can? Okay. So you can stream Ice Earth. I, I, that, that has not changed. Um, but I would be, but again, we know, oh, interesting. Hold on a second. I am look. okay. I am looking at Ice Earth right now. And I'm looking at Apple Music. Okay, cool. They are all there. Yeah, I'm everything's there. Checking. I'm not checking. Okay, so Iced Earth is there. But, hey, uh, oh, you know why, though? Century Media really only stopped selling their stuff in the U.S. Um, but anyway, my point is that could go away, too. But Badlands went away because of Ray Gillen, of things that Ray Gillen did. They don't ever want they don't ever want to they want to forget that they ever had that record to begin with. And dude, we're talking a record with Jake E. Lee and Eric Singer on it. But I'm not going to go into details. You can look it up yourself. Ray Gillen is rumored to I don't know if it's true. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But he did some things that were not good, and because of that, it doesn't exist. My point is, I can listen to that record anytime I want to. Because I owned it. Now, now, look, I'm not saying because I'm cool, I bought one. I'm saying because I bought it 25 years ago. It just makes a great case for, let's be fair, you own... And I, actually, Ice Earth is a really good example. Yes, Ice Earth exists on iTunes. But to be honest with you, uh, Ice Earth was not a very famous band. They weren't exactly huge, weren't really well-known. The suck-ass metal magazines never talked about them. And then the next day... John Schaefer did something that got him in trouble and got him national attention for being in trouble. And next thing you know, it's it, it could have been very likely that their music was disappeared from all streaming services. Now, it didn't, but it could have, right? Very Literally, true. Literally, you woke up one day and John Schaefer is still on the headlines. Of, I'm not getting into what happened. You know or you don't know. I don't care. There is... Still a picture of when 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 international websites show talk about this incident, he's literally the face on the most well-known photo of that day. And I don't mean because with with no knowledge of who he is, he is in the most famous photograph of that incident. He's the most famous photograph of that incident. Um and it is very it could be very possible that that one. Just I mean imagine that. You know, I mean, hey, let, let's. I mean, let, let's let's use a different genre of music. I just recently read that um, there is all these allegations against Puff Daddy or whatever the hell. I don't care what name he uses. There's allegations against Puff Daddy. Now, and eh, would iTunes and Spotify stop streaming someone they can make that much money off of? Maybe not. But you know, hey, uh, I don't know. I, and dude, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I don't know. Does Hulu stream the Cosby Show? I don't, I don't know. I doubt it, but maybe they do. Maybe they do. But hey, look, it was one of the most beloved shows of its day, and but it's very possible you can't watch it. I don't know. I, I'm making this up. I don't know, and I'm not looking for it. But sometimes it's something like that. Sometimes it's 
clearly inexcusable behavior by somebody, you know, clearly like Bill Cosby, terrible. But my point is, if you watched it digitally and then, you know, he gets convicted, you're not watching that anymore. You know, if if Puff Daddy gets convicted for any of the things he's doing, I mean, well, let's be fair. Like sporting events don't play Gary Glitter anymore for good reason. Right. Like you don't hear Gary Glitter at hockey games like you used to for good reason. So my point is something the artist could do something. And not, not that anybody wants to listen to Gary Glitter. I, fine. I'm just simply giving examples of artists themselves have done things to get them basically, and oftentimes for good reason, uh, deleted. <laughs> you know, they're deleted. Can't have them anymore. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just a record label. Sometimes it's royalties. Sometimes, whatever. There's a billion reasons for it. I am happy to know that no one is going to decide that I can't listen to my Badlands vinyl anymore. No one is going to tell me I can't listen to my Ice Earth records anymore. No one's going to tell me that. Yes, you know? we also understand that, you know, floods, fires, all that stuff happen. We no, 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 also no, no. understand I, I, that. I, I, like, sure, I understand that. Um, but, which is why I also, hey, having a hey having a digital backup of your stuff is great. I'm glad that I have a digital backup of it. That's awesome. I'm simply saying, yes, something, but something that happened to my copy of it, yes, but something is not going to happen where it just it's just taken away from me arbitrarily. Right, right. You know, it, it, things not just going to arbitrarily be taken away from me because someone's pissy or there's a contract dispute or hey, look, man, how many people got how many people got mad and left Netflix because they woke up one day and the office wasn't on there anymore. Now, everybody knew the office was going away. It was well publicized that the office was going away on Netflix. But again, you were only ever renting the ability to watch The Office. Now, it exists on NBC's own app, but still, you were only renting the ability to watch The Office, and when it left Netflix, it was possible you couldn't watch it again. You know? Um, I own it all. I own the whole thing. Now, I hey, I like watching it digitally because I don't like having to get up and change the disc because I'm fat and lazy, but I'm very happy that I own the complete series of the office on dvd because i'm a big fan of the show i love it i like to watch it i had the 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 a few years ago i watched the entire series four times in one calendar year because i love it and i think it's a show that's better every time you watch it but if i didn't have it on dvd dude do you know how many well hey airheads does not exist digitally nope it's i think it might i think it's even out of print it streams meaning like it pops up on HBO and Amazon from time to time as streaming, but again, what streams on those channels come and go from, you know, time to time? Um, I have loads and loads of movies that, if I didn't own them physically, would never be able to see them again. The Blu-ray for Airheads is currently listed for $700 on Amazon. Yeah, not happening. My point is I still have the VHS. <laughs> I don't have many of my VHS tapes anymore, but I have that one. Um, I always remember it had a preview for The Rookie. It was a Brendan Fraser movie where he was a 
baseball player or something. Um, that was on that was on the the um, the VHS. I remember that being the the the, the preview. Um, but yeah, dude, like I look at my I look at my my movies and I go, man. To this day, now, now look, I'm not saying I don't buy any movies digitally because sometimes like I'll buy one because it's a couple of bucks and it's you know. I, I figure like I'll pay four bucks to watch this movie. It's just like renting it, you know. If it goes away, it goes away. Um, but more often than not, when I buy mu- when I buy movies, I buy. I like having the digital copy. By the way, I will say this: I love when I buy a vinyl from Amazon and they give me it digitally. I like that. I like that they're saying because you bought the vinyl, you're getting it digital. I like that because hey. I'm getting the convenience of being able to listen to it digitally, but I have a copy. I do that with movies, man. I've got Blu-rays over there that I've never actually put in a Blu-ray player because I've only ever watched the digital copy. But if something happens, if, if if that gets deleted or the comp- whatever, I have the I have the the disc over there. I have the disc. You know, I feel that way about movies. I feel that way. I mean, I could walk over there and find, you know, um, find movies. They're like, oh man, I could never watch this could never watch that one because you know whatever it's just it's 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 you can't haven't made it streaming yet for again why is airheads not streaming or why can't you get it digitally i don't know there's a thousand reasons it could be you know something contractual something whatever who gives a damn you know but it's one of my all-time favorite movies and i'm glad i'm able to watch it i'm glad i can i can put the disc in you know, I can I can pick up the disc and put it. I mean, I, my my movies are behind me. I could probably like look over there and go, oh, there, there's another one. Hey, look at that. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm making that up, but um, you're making this up. You're making this up. You're making hey, this man. up. Like, I'm very I'm very happy. I gotta tell you, that you put I, pants on when people come over. Always sitting around in your fudgies. I am very happy that I own. Like, um, I actually bought the digital release of Babylon Five of the whole series. It's my favorite show ever made. It's the greatest written show ever aired. I'm not saying it's the best show ever aired. I'm saying it's the best written show ever aired. But that's another story for another day. My point is, I do own it digitally. Like, I paid for it digitally. And I'll tell you why I did it. Because they remastered it. And the remaster is actually a night and day difference from the original. What do I mean by that? When the show originally aired in the 90s, they did all the space scenes digitally, but it was like 94 and it looked like Sega Genesis graphics. It really, it took you out of the show because of how bad the special effects were in space. So they fixed that stuff. I don't mean they George lucas it and overdid it. I just mean they fixed it now so it just kind of looks good. It looks yeah, normal. That's the problem I have with Star Trek is they did CGI over all the like practical effects in the new and like the original Star Trek and that annoys me. Well, see, in I Babylon, like the cheesiness. Right. In Babylon 5's case, they didn't use models and stuff. It was always CGI. It was just CGI done in 94 and it looks like a Sega Genesis game. Do you know what I mean? Like it was always done that way. It just it was done so badly that it took away from it. They didn't change it. They just made it not look like a Sega Genesis game. To me, like you wouldn't it doesn't look bad now. It looks just normal. Like you wouldn't notice it. But the old show, it was definitely bad and it it was cringeworthy. It was so bad. Uh, because the show is so obnoxiously serious. But anyway, here's my point. I owned it digitally because that's really the only way you can buy that. 
So I wanted to have it because I wanted to watch it, and HBO streamed it, but I'm like, nope, I want to own it. And by the way, HBO doesn't stream it anymore, so I can watch it. But if something were to happen where Voodoo or whatever, whoever I own my digital remastered versions of, if that company goes out of business and everything stops and it get, d- disappears and I can no longer ever watch it, damn it, am I happy that maybe they're not the remastered versions, but damn it, am I happy that I could walk over to my DVD shelf and pick up season one of Babylon 5 and put the discs in? Am I glad that I have every deep, I have the whole run of Deep Space Nine? I'm glad that I can because, yeah, it's nice that it streams, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to stream. I, I like that I can watch. So, I mean, it's not just music. Um, I know where our show's about music. I'm just trying to expand the example into other ways that, um, and this is actually probably a conversation that, um, as much as I, I, I hate Eddie Trunk to the, to an obnoxious level of hatred, um, he actually strongly agrees with us on this point for the exact same reasons we do. Now, he, I know he doesn't like vinyl because he, he just finds it impractical. He likes CDs, but he will tell you himself he is a CD guy. I know, I know that for a fact, that he has the same opinion on this as us because it can go away, and you don't want it to go away. You want to be able to say, and yeah, you know what? Yeah, I paid for it. Okay. But again, I can watch Babylon 5 and listen to Badlands, I, and I can do it, and I can watch The Office, and I can listen to Ice Earth. And I can do all that stuff without having to worry that it's going to get taken away. I have the first Yngwie album. It's one of my favorites of all time. And anybody who just has Spotify is SOL. Sorry. I I think it's the first one. Yeah, but I mean, the focus isn't necessarily not being able to listen to the stuff you want to listen to. It's it's having having something and then having it taken away at their whim. Oh, 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 of course. Yeah, I mean, I'll put it this way. The bigger point is exactly having it taken away. But it's also a side note that sometimes it's also the only, you know, it just isn't there. Um, And uh, Badlands, for the record, I don't know if Badlands ever existed streaming. I don't know. I don't know when the record labels pulled it. It, it, it. Maybe it never was streaming. Maybe it was never available. And if that's the case, then this is an irrelevant point. But I do know that now it doesn't exist. And so if you had it and it existed before, it certainly doesn't exist now. Um, and, and, and I understand, you know, what, what, if, if, if what they say Ray Gillen did was true, that's horrible. And um, I haven't looked into it enough. I probably, I don't know. I don't want to say it's probably true, but I, I'm pretty sure that I've read that it, it was. But um, it was pretty terrible. And I understand they're like, dude, we don't want to be associated with that. And I, I get it. Um, but I love the album. And um, I loved the album for decades before I ever knew about that. <laughs> you know, I actually only really found out about this like a year or two ago. And if you're wondering why and why I didn't know, it's because, quite frankly, Badlands didn't exist very long. You know, they did that album, High Wire is a great song, and I kind of never heard of them again because when your band's only round for a couple years. Um, anyway, but yeah, no, it drives it drives me nuts. This PlayStation thing, you know, it's a lot to th- – it, it, it really puts it into perspective. I mean, I was just telling you, like, I play my PS5, and the games I've purchased, I purchased them digitally. That being said, I don't purchase many PlayStation games. I, I, I have that membership where you get to just stream the games. Um I, I have purchased mm, two or three PlayStation games over the last year or two. 
Um, but I'm also the, with those. I'm also like I'm gonna play them once, and when they're done, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like if my copy of Hogwarts Legacy gets somehow taken down, whatever. I loved it. I played it. I'm glad I bought it. But you know, it's 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 not like back in the day. Could you imagine when we were kids if um, we woke up one day and Nintendo decided we couldn't play Punch Out anymore? Or well, whatever, or whatever. Well, pick your game. I don't care, right? I mean, God, like you can't play Final Fantasy or Punch Out, or you can't play X Men Two for Sega Genesis, or I don't know. Pick your game. Could you imagine that? Like, dude, no, I have the damn disc. Screw you. And the funny thing is that like these companies the wonder cartoon. what drives piracy. Like they, they. My favorite thing is. You, you have all these companies, and they're not willing to pay royalties, so they pull down these albums. And then when people start pirating stuff and they realize, oh, it's just so much easier to pirate everything than to pay right. this monthly fee, then they're like, well, piracy is what's causing all these problems. No, ah. you are what is causing all these problems. Ca- charging $40 for a vinyl record is what is causing people well, to go pirate it. You know, I, I, make, I, make I, things I, affordable, make things accessible. And you will you will never find people not willing to. Yes, there's always going to be people who don't want to pay for anything and will never pay for anything. But generally speaking, fans of what you are trying to sell are happy to give you money in exchange for a product as long as they feel as though they are being treated fairly. And you know, I, I again, I, I when I wrote my when I wrote my thesis well over twenty years ago, I I made the point that the music it, industry no candy. The, the music industry was responsible for Napster. And and here's 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 what I meant. I said people before Napster existed had always paid for music. Right? Well, no, they listened to it on the radio where they saw it on MTV. But to be able <laughs> they to They sat there with the pause button on their tape recorder. They did. But let's be fair. If you owned it, if you owned it. If you were able to listen to it on your own at home, chances are, yeah, you could tape copies of it, but that was not that prevalent. You bought the CD. We were used to it. It was a way of life. If you wanted the new album by whoever, you went out and bought the CD, right? Okay. Before Napster, people were used to it. People, before Napster came out, were not looking to find a way to never have to pay for music anymore. That's not what they were doing. People weren't trying, they weren't setting out, man, I really wish I didn't ever have to play for music anymore. That wasn't it. It was exactly the points you just made. Number one, we listened to metal. You couldn't get your hands on it. You couldn't buy it. We had to drive, we had to drive two hours away to Cleveland, which whatever, two hours is no big deal. But as teenagers, we had to drive to Cleveland. It was a a big deal. Well, I'm saying but, I mean, it was a big deal because because gas money. We weren't like well, I know, I know. But, I mean, we had to drive two hours away to go to a store the size of a closet to be able to buy albums because you couldn't buy them anywhere else. Number two, they were obnoxiously expensive. CDs, the prices went through the roof. They were way too expensive. Number three, people didn't want to buy full albums. They only wanted to buy one song. The music industry didn't, they overcharged you. They didn't let you buy what you wanted. They made you buy a whole package when only wanted was one thing. And they made it so that you couldn't even get your hands on what you wanted because record stores would only sell those. Napster 
was the way of people going, oh, well, I can actually get the song I want. I don't need the whole album. I can just get that one song. Oh, it's free? Even better. Then the problem became, after a while, people lost, it, people got used to not paying for music anymore. Like, the, it's, I mean, come on, dude, I know I'm a marketing guy, but plain and simple, that term that the customer is always right does not mean what people think it means. It doesn't mean that the dipshit, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that, you can clean, <laughs> sorry, I said a naughty word, Rex, if you want to note, note date that I said half of a dirty word. The guy standing across the counter from you that thinks your pizza sauce should be purple is probably stupid. But the point I'm getting at is when we're talking about the customer, like the market, the people out there, if everybody is saying to you, we really just want to buy one song, and you refuse to give them the opportunity to buy only one song, you know what they're going to do? They're going to find a way to not buy from you anymore. That's just the way, that's just the way it works. If, if you're Ford and you tell everybody that you can only buy the Model T and it's the only car that ever, it's the perfect car and nothing else should exist, when GM comes around and makes something else, people are going to leave you and go to buy them. People will only buy it until they have an option, and people will go find an option. And somebody out there will find a way to capitalize on it. So that's my point. The record industry has repeatedly done they, – they, they've allowed their greed to stop their opportunity to make money. I mean, I know it's stupid, right? Their own greed of trying to make more money is what stops them from making money. They, they take that, oh, well, yeah, we could, well, I mean, you know. And then they uh, blame the fans. And then they blame was, it, everybody who's trying to, like, of course. I, I, and, and yeah, that's of the course. thing. Look, I will never, I will never be a, a person who's going to sit here and say, I want something for nothing. I'm never Neither. going to say, it costs you $12 to buy, to, to press an LP. I want it for 11 I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say if it costs $5, and I'm talking, look, I'm going to say after expenses, and I don't know what the, you know, licensing, distribution, everything. If it costs you $15 to press each LP, I think it's okay to sell it for $20, $25, even $30. When you start boosting the price, and the problem with this is these there's, prices there's no on these vinyls, like 50 bucks, these prices on these it. vinyls have just shot up. These and I know I said vinyls. I know people are they're grasping, clutching their pearls. I made that mistake. The prices on this vinyl, on these vinyl, are going up astronomically. Like you used to be able to go to a, you used to be able to order a record for twenty five, thirty bucks. That's high, but at the same time, you're also looking for a boutique item. I get it. Now they're going. Oh well, people are willing to pay twenty five, thirty. Are people willing to pay thirty five, forty? Oh, right. I see people right. are willing and, to pay thirty five forty. Are they willing to pay forty five fifty? And they and, and they will they will do that until until people walk away. And they will and do that gonna, until people walk away. And the problem is when people walk away, they won't come back. First of all, they won't come back. Nope. Nope, Second of all, then when they walk away and say, "Well, I would have bought the record, but it's fifty dollars, and I'm not paying fifty in no world in this, in no universe in this, you know, no world in this universe, am I going to pay fifty dollars for twelve songs? I'm just going to bootleg it or stream it on Spotify. They're going to complain. Well, you know, piracy is piracy is to blame for the drop in, in vinyl sales. I mean, it's clearly clearly people would rather go download it for free than buy the record. No, I would actually rather buy the record. I just don't like being boo food when I buy the record. I don't. You know, I I, I it, this whole the whole conversation, man. It's just it drives me nuts. I mean, dude. I mean, we we could look at all the companies. I mean. <laughs> Blockbuster was a company that Blockbuster they based their entire business model on late fees. 
Literally, I used to I used to tell people that Blockbuster was the only company I ever worked for that was open 365 days a year. I, I and, said boofoo. <laughs> I love boofoo. I love that term, dude. I just used. It's so funny you said that because I just used boofoo the other day. It's very funny that you said that. Die hard. I'm not the one who just. And I know he actually says the word. I'm not the oh. one who just got boofooed on national television. Yeah, but I actually the other day used the term boofoo. I didn't. I don't mean that I used the other term. I mean I actually used boofoo. But my sorry to interrupt was, like, you, like, but I no, just no, I was just cracking up because I'm like, and, and I'm about to nail it, dude. It ain't no candy. So Rex and I both used to work at a Blockbuster, and I used to love working on Christmas Day because no one would come. It was the it was dead. You'd get like like at noon, you'd get a couple of kids running in with gift cards. They would buy some video games and they leave. You were dead all day, and I remember that everyone was always like, dude. If you're that dead, why are you open? And the answer was obvious, and no one in the company would ever admit this. But the reason Blockbuster was open on Christmas was because everybody who rented movies that were due back that day, they didn't return them because they assumed we were closed and all of them got late fees. So we, we were able to be open that entire day just knowing that tomorrow every movie that comes in the door was late today, and we just made... Six thousand bucks on late fees today, or whatever. I mean, who cares about the number? What's funny about that, and and not only that, but you're right because the two two nights that were very popular for renting movies were like Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, and a lot of the eves of the holidays because people had the next day off, so they're like, let's go rent like a few movies. Like, I mean, I even remember when my family would rent movies growing up. We, I remember going, you know, and I have a funny story about this, and it's it's. I'll share it because it's a cute little story. I remember on Christmas Eve, my family went to rent movies because we were like, oh, you know, we'll rent some movies. It's Christmas Eve, you know, whatever. And I saw Batman, the 1989 Batman, which I saw in the theaters, had just come out. And I was begging. I was like, please let me because it was my to this. I literally have a whole shelf in my house dedicated to just this film. Like I have the Batmobile, I've got the Bat, the Lego Batwing, I've got all the like ton of action figure. Anyways, uh, it's my fa- it's my favorite superhero movie of all time to this day. Either way, I'm beg please, and I'm I'm eight years old at the time. Please let me rent it. Please, I just want to watch it so bad. Please, and my parents are like, no, you're not going to rent it. Please, please, no, no. I'm blocking out. Like you're the worst parents ever. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And. I wake up the next morning, you know, I'm over it. You know, you kids, kids are get over stuff pretty quick. Sure enough, under the Christmas tree, I open one of the presents and it's the Batman 1989 movie. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, my parents wouldn't let me rent it because they bought it for me. You know, so, and, and yeah. that entire, that entire Christmas, I got the Batwing, the Batmobile, Batman, Joker. Like I got a whole Batman Christmas to this day. It's still one of my great. It's, it's one of the best Christmases ever I've ever had in my life. Cause I, I man, I can remember by the way, I, it was, it was not, it was later than that. Cause it was, you know, it was a few years later, but I remember getting Braveheart for Christmas one year because my grandmother knew that I really liked the movie Braveheart, Braveheart, which by the way, to this day, it's one of my all time favorite movies. I, um, I have the like the special edition Blu-ray. I watch it a lot. I really, 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 oh, really. Lo- I have the '89 Batman in like three formats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have Braveheart in a few formats. I think the I, only the only one I own the only movie I own in more formats is The Crow. Yeah. Well, here, here's what I'll say though. I remember getting Braveheart on VHS. It was the double VHS on Christmas. And my grandma was like, I know you love that movie. I'm like, yeah, I know. I can't wait. And I'm thinking to myself, Haha, there's boobies in this one. <laughs> I was like, my grandmother just bought me a movie with boobies. <laughs> Which, I mean, they're, they're, they're there. I mean, it's 
you know, they're, they're, they're not life changing, but Hey man, when I was like 12 or whatever age I was being bought a movie with boobies just made my life better. Um, well, that's how but, I felt when I bought the crow in 1992. But no, but the, the, the point I'm getting at is in the pale moonlight blockbuster was charging too much. People didn't want to pay late fees. People wanted to, they wanted to get movies differently. They wanted to do the whole thing differently. And I've always read the story that the person who started Netflix, he started it because he had a late fee. He had an obnoxious late fee for a copy of a, Apollo 13. And he was like, dude, there's got to be a better way. And as we all know, Blockbuster was given the opportunity to buy Netflix. They turned it down. They went out of business. What am I getting at? It all just goes back to like, Blockbuster said, we have something. People want it. We're the only one that have it. You can come get it. And we're just going to exploit you and piss all over you as many opportunities as we can. But then one day is going to come where people are going to find the sliver of, a, of an alternative and they're going to bolt out the front door and they'll never come back. And I wish sometimes the music industry would stop looking short term and start looking long term. I wish the music industry would understand that the best way to keep their audience is to embrace them rather than, and the, and, and dude, live nations doing this too. Well, yeah, like I know live nations fleecing the living crap out of people. Why? Cause, Cause they can. And cause they know the Senate's coming after them and they know that they're, they're look, I actually, I, I made a post on Instagram the other day where it was a monopoly board and it was, um, it was uh, a live nation monopoly. And underneath it, I said, you know, for Black Friday, get it while supplies last. And the point I was making was, I am not saying that the U.S. government is going to ever actually do anything about Live Nation. I'm not saying they will. What I'm saying is, and hey, because of Taylor Swift, all this attention is coming. It is very possible that Live Nation's days are numbered. Their ability to completely boo-foo their customers are numbered. I'm not saying this year, I'm not saying next year, but a day will come when Live Nation can no longer boo for their customers. And the day that happens, no one will ever come back. Instead of saying, hey, we've got people, why don't we keep them? I mean, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't have to have a PhD in business to understand that uh, actually there's a funny, there's a funny episode of, on the in the office about this, you know. What costs more, keeping a customer or getting a new one? And it's like, well, it's more expensive to get a new one. So why don't you keep the ones you have? Like, hey, you got vinyl people? Well, great. Why don't you um, keep them? You know, instead of being like, oh, well, hey, you bought two? Well, let's make sure you never buy number three. I, I there, there's, there's, and again, I'm, I'm with you. There's a, um, I'll, I'll put it this way. There's a price, it's called a price ceiling. There's a price ceiling to this. You and I both have a price ceiling. You said it yourself. You're like the the standard new album. I'll pay in the twenties. I might go thirty bucks, right? You said yourself like your price ceiling for a new record is thirty bucks, unless it's something really special. You'll go over thirty if it's something special. You might hit forty if it's a if it's like a special release that has a lot of stuff. You mentioned uh, Dumanufacture, right? You'll pay forty bucks for Dumanufacture because it had all that extra content. You got extra stuff. And you'll spend upwards of $30 on a standard record, but you're not seeing the new album by Cattle Decapitation for $45 and buying it. No. And, and that's the thing. Above your price I won't, I won't. I won't buy a casual album for, like, astronomical prices. If it's an album that is dear to me, like, I'll buy it. You know, but the, but I'm not going to spend an arm and a leg for an album that I'm like, oh, I'll listen to this a few times. Well, I'll probably enjoy it. Maybe I'll listen to it a couple more times over my lifetime. It's not... 
and you it's, know it has to be it has to be, even, it has to be like to, for me to spend significant money and i'm sure a lot of people are the same way for me to spend significant money on something i have to feel as though it's a missing piece in my music collection just like we were talking about fourth collections like if i don't have the new capital cattle decapitation album i'm not going to lose sleep if it was at a lower price point and and again maybe there's stuff i'm not seeing here maybe there's charges maybe there's fees licensing production well, whatever that i'm not seeing here but if if this is an album that 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 is just going to be one of those things where i really want to support the band even though the album really didn't blow my 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 socks off yeah that's a high price of admission well you know let, let me let me say this now i am i am going to talk completely out of my ass for a second i do not know any member of cattle decapitation personally i've never met them Frankly, don't even know that much about them. But I'm gonna make an assumption here, and you're well, you not you, but you're you're not gonna disagree with me. Um, anybody listening to me right now can flat out tell me you're talking out of your ass. This is not true. I am willing to bet you the members of Cattle Decapitation would rather their record not sell for forty dollars. Oh, absolutely, I'm sure. And 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 not not because they're. They don't want to make it's because they want to make money off of it and they can't make money off of it if it's priced too high. Hey, do you remember do you remember um uh 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 Metallica's Garage Days? Mhm. Um on the freaking cover of Garage Days, it had a price written on it. Remember it was the 598 or whatever EP. Hold on, I got to look it up. It's the Five nine, do not pay five, more five ninety eight. I think it's five ninety eight or seven. It is five ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's five ninety eight. It said it's five ninety eight. Don't pay more for it. Why? Which, which made it all that more ironic when they reissued it a few years ago and charged fifteen to twenty dollars for it. <laughs> and well, they I left mean, that I, on there. In in okay, yeah, I agree. It's fine. I mean, okay, fine. You know, many many years later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, later I, with I, inflation. I, I, I know. I know. That's. I'm not. I'm funny. not complaining. I'm saying it was funny no. that they left that I, on I there. Agree. I thought. Don't I thought pay was, more. Five ninety five. Don't pay more. Price tag right above it. Thirteen ninety nine or twenty ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that would be like the day that that System of a Down actually wanted everybody to steal the record so they didn't make any money off of it. Right. Like. Like. Come on. To be honest with true. you, I wouldn't put that past them. Uh, they don't want to not make money. Let's put it that way. But. No, my my the point I'm getting at is, um, the Metallica did that because they didn't want their fans getting ripped off. But also, Metallica's smart. I mean, if you if you, um, like if if you put a record out, and it's priced above people's price ceiling, no one's gonna buy it. I'm willing to bet you cattle decapitation would say, yeah, I would much rather this this sell for 25 bucks. And and by the way, I'm willing to bet you cattle decapitation's cut of it doesn't change. Oh, I'm no. willing to bet you that cattle decapitation doesn't make more money because it's $40 than it would have been 15. They probably still get half a cent per record regardless of the price point. All that's going to do is the, run after, people out. After they pay back recording costs. Yeah. It's probably just going to run them out. It's going to stop selling it. And, and look, man, I, I'm I'm with I'm I'm an unapologetic capitalist again. Within reason, there are things that I disagree with, but I am not a I'm not against anybody making money. And I I think you should sell things for what they're worth. You know, I don't think you should undervalue your services. You know, if you're a plumber and you're really good at it, you shouldn't do it for free. And I'm I'm with all of that. On the other hand, when you 
when you are pricing things higher than they should be solely because you feel as if you have hooked consumers on something, you are limiting the amount of time those consumers will be with you. What it does is, if you want to get really technical about it, it limits the lifetime. I'll put it this way. It reduces the lifetime value of the customer. And what I mean by that is, yeah, instead of me making, I might make 500 bucks off of you this year, but I'm going to keep on, I'm going to price you out of it soon. And this year's 500 bucks is all you're going to spend. The other way, you might spend 400 bucks, but I didn't price you out. And now you're going to spend 400 bucks next year and the year and the year after that. And meaning instead of just making 500 bucks off of you, I just made five grand off of you because you did it for years and years and years. It's, 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 it, it's stupid. And, and I agree with you that all it does is tell people, you know, it's kind of, it, seriously, I, I mean, I say this all the time, like, you walk, you walk into a business and it's like, you don't want to take my money, fine, I'll give it to somebody else. Or fine, I just won't buy it. Oh, the music industry, they, 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 clearly, they clearly do not want me as an ongoing customer. I will just say, screw you and stop buying it. And then we'll all just go back to streaming and... And, or even worse, we'll we'll say, well, you, you're, we're not going to stream it. You know what we're going to do instead? We're just going to listen to only the ones we have, and we're not going to listen to any new bands that come out. And all that's going to do is screw every other band that comes out. It, it just screw it screws everything long term, and it's it's just stupid. And they've been doing this for decades. It's not as if this is new. I mean, dude, think about. Do, do you remember when the when the music in, or when the movie industry industry tried to stop VCRs from being sold? Yeah, no, they did. They, they, well, they no, were for like, a long oh, time, we're going to lose all of our business if the, the music sold. The music industry tried to stop cassette tapes. The the movie industry tried to stop VHS. Like the the industry is always many steps behind the technology. And what's funny is with and vinyl records. Interest. What's funny is with vinyl records, they're not only behind the technology; they're behind old technology. Like that, they're they're, you know that. The music industry right now doesn't understand their own business, and I think that's a big problem. Is you still have guys who were running the industry thirty years ago running the industry now, and you they don't understand their business they, because things have moved so fast in the last thirty years. You went from records being king of the hill for what, like thirty years straight, to going from vinyl records to streaming. In that same thirty-year period, and the, how many formats well, did you go over? Ta- cassette well, tapes, it, CDs. It's 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 something that defines. It's one streaming. of the ways that defines our generation. Yeah, is that I our mean, generation went from too. records to cassettes to CDs to streaming in 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 our prime years. I mean, for for decades, you wanted to watch a movie, you go to a movie theater, and then suddenly, it in a matter of a few years, it goes from. You want to watch a movie, go to a movie theater, to you want to watch a movie, turn on your television. And there's hundreds, thousands available to you. Yeah, so so I could, I could, um, uh, I could, now again, I get it, this is not physical media, but hey, look, when movies come out now, right, you could pay 20 bucks, I'm making this up, who cares, I could pay 20 bucks to watch it at home. You know, they do that, like when a movie comes out, you can, you can pay 20 bucks and you get it for two days or whatever, but you can watch it at home. You don't own it, but you can watch it at home the day it comes out. Or I could go to a movie theater and spend $26 per person. You know, that's another. Like, why would you go to a movie theater that today? They're like, well, people still. No, not as many people come to theaters anymore. So, 
You know, how do we fix that? How do we fix it? Oh, we Charge quadruple more. the price. And by the way, you got to remember, movie theaters are not who jack up the prices of the movies. You got to remember that. And yeah, movie theaters pay for the movie, and when that price goes up, they have to charge more for tickets. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, I have read, don't quote me on this number, I have read something like less than 10% of the price of the ticket goes to the theater. Something better than 90% of the, so if it's a $20 ticket, um, they make less than $2 of that. The other 18 goes to the movie, but the, so movie theaters make all their money on concessions. That's just true. They make all their money on popcorn. Fine, I get it. Well, Not condemning I mean, the theaters. When you're, when you're spending $15 on a 99-cent tub of popcorn. <laughs> well, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, the reason movie theaters do that is because that's their only source of revenue. But what what all I'm getting at is the movie industry's answer to making to to having movies be profitable again is just jack the price up through the roof. They're like, well, some people still like going to movies, so we'll just make all our money off of those people. It's like, great. Then they're gonna stop too. They're gonna stop too. Like, give me a reason to go see a movie in a theater. Give me a reason. Give me a reason to spend 150 bucks for a couple. You know what I mean? Like if if you've got if you've got a family of whatever, or you got a family, or dude, you take you you take a broad out on a date. You're like, what are the things I could do for a hundred bucks? Well, I guess we could see a movie. I mean, I mean, think about how expensive it would be to take someone out on a date to a movie. I mean, legitimately, you might spend twenty five bucks. I mean, I'm making this up. I don't know. I've been to a theater in years, but it's 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 it's. It's not getting people into theaters. And I'll put it this way. When people do go to movies, they're going to go to a movie theater to see the one big movie they want to see this year. They'll go for the new Star Wars or whatever. But, dude, they're not on a typical Friday night just going out to a movie anymore. People used to. Dude, how many movies years and years ago did we see in theaters that we weren't dying to see? We just went to a movie. You just went to a movie. Just something you did, because you didn't, you weren't priced out. You didn't have to put a second mortgage on your house to see a movie. Now you do. Now it's so obnoxiously, it, it is priced. And I don't mean it's priced in, by inflation. I mean, when we were teenagers, we didn't have any money, but we could afford to go to see a movie because it wasn't, it wasn't this huge investment. Like seven bucks. But now it's like, oh my god! Like they 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 have, they have literally just it's it's as if it's as if they're punishing you for wanting to use their service. Quite literally. Well, oh, you want to come and, see it here? Well, well, and that's what I mean. Like hell, sometimes it comes. Foo. Sometimes sometimes the price of records comes off as they're punishing you for wanting to buy their product. Like oh, I see you like records. Hey, remember that record you paid twenty five dollars? And what's funny is, look. And also, I know we're not naive enough to understand that prices of materials go up, prices of distribution go up. I understand that. But a record you paid $20 for last year is not going to be $40 this year. It did not double in price. No, and at it, the it, same time, at the same time, some companies need to look at their profit margins and say cost of doing business. I understand we made 50% profit last year. However, costs have gone up 10%. So maybe this year we make 40% profit and we're still making money. 
We're still in the red. We're still in the green. We're still in the black. Whatever you want to call it. We're still in the black. And we're also rewarding customers and encouraging customers well, to continue doing business with us. No, the companies say we don't care how much we we want to make more money than we did last year. Yeah, that's it. Now they're saying, well, we we made fifty percent. You know, our margin was 50, whatever. This was our margin last. We had a 50% margin last year. Um, our, our prices went up. Our, our, our cost went up. So we have to increase our price a little bit to cover the cost. But not only do we want to decrease our margin, now we're going to say, you know what? We want 60% <laughs> we, profit. We, we got those poor bastards hooked. Oh, they like us now? Well, screw them. Literally, boo-foo them and their mom. So that, they, and I mean, it's just like, it's like, yeah, but you're going to boo-foo them until they don't like it anymore. It's it's just it's 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 bad business, and what bothers me more than anything else, and you said this earlier, nothing bothers me more than when they try to blame it on everybody else. That's what I mean. Stop My biggest blaming. problem is oh, if a company, way, if a company came out and said we increase prices, therefore we know we notice a drop in sales, and we understand that, I would be like. Okay, but no, they say we notice a drop in sales. We can only attribute it to piracy. We can only attribute it to customers seeking other. Well, yeah, why are they seeking other means of of getting this product? Why? Like why why are we why are people going and pirating stuff? Why are people going and streaming stuff instead of buying your CDs, buying your records, buying And you know and the, you know and I said this to too about the um about uh, uh, merch at shows. Like, I'm going to see Judas Priest. The last time I saw Judas Priest, the t-shirt was $50. I was like, holy crap, I can't believe that. Why would they charge $50? Then it was only afterwards I found out, oh, well, that's because Live Nation is taking 40% of their merch sales. So, yeah, they're charging $50 for a t-shirt, but they're only actually seeing, like, like, less than 30 of that. So right. well, and, and, and that's the, the thing. The, I would pay thirty for a tour shirt because hey, you know it's a piece of history. I'm not paying fifty for it. And and don't get me wrong, people still do, but they don't like they did. No, and I'm going to see Cannibal Corpse, Amani, Marth, and Obituary, and Frozen Soul. I want at least three of those tour T-shirts. If I walk up to the booth and I see a fifty dollar ticket on all those shirts, I'm going to walk away. You're not going to buy any of them. I'm not going to buy any of them. If I see twenty five thirty. I'll say, look, I love all these bands. I'm going to probably say I'm going to buy a Corpse and Obituary because my Cannibal Corpse, my last Cannibal Corpse tour shirt from like 2017 or 2018 has holes in it because I wore it out. So, yeah, I'm probably going to buy a tour shirt. And on the other hand, maybe you see Spooge and you're like, wow, Frozen Soul's really good. Yeah. And I want a shirt with a Spooge logo on it. I'm kidding. Dude, but one of the biggest regrets of my life, one of the biggest regrets of my life as far as not buying merch at concerts was not buying a Midnight shirt when I saw them open up for Creator. Yeah, I mean, but the, here's the thing, though. You're going to watch Frozen Soul, and here's what's going to happen, too. Let's let's pretend the, the Amon Amarth shirts are 50 bucks, right? Let's pretend. And I'm not, that's not out of line to say that. Let's just assume. No, it's not, because they were at Ghost. Okay, so let's assume they're 50 bucks, right? You, you've listened to one album by Frozen Soul, but you are by no means a fan of theirs. You're not all that familiar with. You've heard it. But Look, my point I, is- say, I feel the same way I do about Bolt Thrower. You love Bolt Thrower. I think Bolt Thrower is cool. I have the Fourth Crusade on vinyl. I think they're cool. Generally speaking, they're 
they're cool. I have no problem with them. They're not one of my favorites. Well, but but here, let me let me just let, let me just get to what I'm my point though. You, I'm just I'm using you as an example, but let's just pretend you have heard Frozen Soul before. You think they're cool, and that's kind of the end of it, right? Nothing wrong with that. But you go to that concert and you see Frozen Soul, and you're like, these guys are really good. These guys are great. I want to go listen to more of their music. Let me see what's at the merch table. Well, their t-shirts are going to be 50 bucks too. Because theirs can't be 20 if if the headliners are 50. Theirs are going to be 52. And you're going to walk and go, oh, well, I was going to buy their album. Screw that and leave. You were almost someone who bought their album and one of their t-shirts and therefore engaged more and would probably be a long-term fan of theirs. Now they're the band that you don't buy any of their crap because their prices are jacked up through the roof because Live Nation has to make money on just as much money on theirs as they do in Monomar. Like, I'm serious. Look at the, the number of Frozen Soul shirts you will see purchased at that show because they're overpriced is going to be nothing. I mean, they'll sell some, but come on. It's, it's just it, – it, it screws the bands. It screws the fans. You know, it's it's – you know, it's like it's like that seemed black sheep. <laughs> suddenly there's money missing off suddenly there's money missing off the dresser and your daughter's knocked no, up. No, I've seen it a hundred times. No, that's not what I'm talking about. The um, Oh, that's Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, okay. Yeah, the black sheep when 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 he's talking about how at the end he's like, But she screwed you too. Oh, what's it? Um No, it was it was she screwed my brother and now I'm gonna screw her. <laughs> that but that's it. Um, but that's all I can think of, you know. It's like they, I'm going to screw them too. It seriously, the, the the name of this episode should simply be the music industry boofoo, <laughs> <laughs> boofooed by the music industry, boofoo by the music industry. I don't know, man. All right, so hey, there was a couple other things I was going to rant about, but we this episode is already pushing three hours, and I think if we if I get to anything else I wanted to say. I hey, I, I just want to tease this a little bit because maybe it'll cause people to tune in next week. They're, they're, the word butt plugs is on the it's on the word butt plugs is on here. It's so, on the show notes, and it has nothing to do with use by either one of us. Just no, to no, clarify. No, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting here tickling my prostate while I'm uh, while I'm recording. <laughs> but okay, look, man. The the plan is we're to also do not seeing five finger death punch. <laughs> The plan next week is to do the top t- or the top ten of the year. If by any chance it doesn't happen, it'll be the week after, and next week we'll get to these. So the plan for the rest of the year, um, next week is probably the top ten, and the week after that would be the rest of the things that we wanted to talk about. It's possible it's vice versa, but that's not the point. And then the last episode of the year um, will be called, uh, like, you know how last week you know, we did songs about humping moms. Um, the last episode of the year is going to be songs for Vaney, and it's just going to be all songs about small things. It'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to make all an entire episode. Small things. We're going to make an entire entire episode about Vinny's Pecker being being small, minuscule, minuscule. You used to say minuscule schlander. He's got a minuscule schlander. That that's that's a straight up Howard Stern reference. That's from um, the movie Private Parts. It was like oh, I have a minuscule schlander. Uh, I love that term. It's so good. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just funny. Um, but anyway, so that's the plan for the rest of the year. And um, seriously, I, I agree with you. We need to do a listener pick again. Uh, or excuse me, the the whatever we call it. Challenges when we, or whatever. A, 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 a heavy challenge. Metal Hangover Challenge. I'll put it this way. We are going to do a Heavy Metal Hangover Challenge. What that means is 
I give Rex an album and he gives me an album. And the point is supposed to be this is something that you have never heard. Maybe you've never heard the band or maybe you're not familiar with them or maybe you kind of are, but you've never heard this. It's usually something that might be sometimes it's slightly out of the other person's wheelhouse. Sometimes it's not. Um, like for example, one time I gave you a deicide record, which I'm like, it's not really outside your wheelhouse. And you know, Jack Owen did all the guitars on it. So I'm like, it might not be your favorite album. I know you don't love deicide, but it's a record of Jack Owen's guitar riffs. Like, okay, cool. That wasn't really outside your wheelhouse. Um, sometimes it is, but the point is it's just to give each other something cool to listen to. And it's also an opportunity for, you know, you talk about bands that you like, and I talk about bands that I like, and there's plenty that we don't, you know, know about. Well, so hey, it's all. You know. It's also because there will be tons of times where you and I say to one another, "Oh, listen to this album," and you know how it goes. We, we, don't we, we to it. nine times out of ten we intend to. <laughs> oh yeah, but never, never once have I ever said, "Dick," yeah. and not yeah, listen. Yeah. To it. yeah, it's one of those things where I just forget. <laughs> yeah, dude, I do. I mean, I do too. So it happens. So anyway, that, that's a fun thing that we do, and um, we won't do that. If, if we do, like I said, the plan is to do the top 10 next week. I'm only not promising it because if either one of us has a super busy week next week and we can't prep it, then that's fine. Truthfully, the last week prep. of December, and I, I agree with you because the last week of December, I'm almost, I'm off from work pretty much the entire week. So that week I actually have time to think about stuff right. versus next week when I'm trying to scramble before I go on vacation. Oh, so okay. You know what? We'll then let, let, you know what? I'm actually doing the exact same thing. Where I'm going to be scrambling next week, and then I'm going to be off for two weeks. So maybe, maybe let's 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 pull back. Ne- let's say this: two weeks from now will be the top ten. It won't be next week. Uh, I'm sorry that I said earlier that it would be, but yeah, you're right. We'll see where we'll see. Yeah, where it we'll, lands. we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll we'll figure it out. It'll come. It'll come. It'll come. We we promise. Just <laughs> I I do. I have the last two weeks of December off. So next week I'm going to scramble to get a whole bunch of things done so that I can take two weeks off. But anyway, it'll it'll end up soon, and we'll do an episode sometime soon about Vinny and his small pecker, and we'll do another episode, because um, there are still things I'm, I'm here that we want to talk about. Today was kind of a, a whole night of, it was, yeah, we got off the rails a bunch of times. Not, not in a being weird, but uh, the conversation went in a million directions, and half the time I forgot what we were talking about, but that's okay. That's the way the show works. Um, if we planned this all out or scripted it, it would be boring and stupid, uh, and that that would just be the end of it. So anyway, uh, don't forget, uh, like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Heavy Metal Hangover. We don't have a Twitter or X or whatever. Don't care. Don't use it. Not because it's cool not to use it, because we never did. Um, again, get a hold of us. Uh, either way, we, we generally respond. Um, we will respond to you, just we don't always see it, and sometimes Facebook and Instagram eat the messages. So if you message us and you don't hear it from us, it, for a little while, just you know, message us again. It'll pop up. Just realize that neither one of us live on our social media because we are a podcast, not a social media channel. So we don't we don't always catch it, but we will get back to you. We're always looking for recommendations. Actually, um, one of our uh, a friend of ours, uh, one of our listeners, recently gave me a recommendation, and I need to check back in the message as to what it was because I um, have now forgotten what it was, and I need to listen to it. But anyway, so that's what we're gonna do. That's a lot coming up. In the meantime, uh, hope you have uh, drank some beers. Hope you've. Oh, by the way, one of our one of our listeners got a hold of us and said that he just turned twenty one, so he can finally legally enjoy the show along with us. <laughs> I gotta say, other than naked pictures of people's old ladies, that was one of the coolest messages we ever got. 
I don't know if it was a message or a comment. Maybe it was a comment on 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 a post or something. I don't remember. It was like I'm 21 now. I can finally like drink along with you guys. Like that's cool. I I will warn you though, little sir. I will warn you. It's okay to try to enjoy the show with us. Don't try to keep up with us. Yeah, hey, I'm stone cold sober I, tonight because I've been drinking I, Powerade. But I, look, I, I'm not one to brag, but I will say that somebody once got into a drinking contest with me. They slept under a car outside in December, face, face and down. I went downstairs and played beer pong. They they passed out face down on on the driveway and under was, a car. He was almost ten years older than us. Like and he was he was eight, like eight eight or nine years older than us. It was, he was yeah. under a car, passed out. I went downstairs and played beer pong. <laughs> it was a it was a and he was by the way a hard drinker. <laughs> one one of the one of the coolest dudes. I mean, dude, we both love that guy. He was awesome. Oh, the dude was awesome. He was, I, I, I mean, still do. I mean, one of those guys that like man, people I used to know that I would love to just. And hang out with well, him. Well, cool I won't guy. share his name publicly. He has the same name as a singer from a well-known band that is also awesome. I know you're not as much of a fan I'm not, as I I'm am. Not, but, but no, no, but no, I know, I know. Um, which is uh, which is awesome. Um, sadly, that's his middle name, not his first name, but he goes by it, so it's cool. But anyway, um, yeah, man, it's it's uh, don't 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 don't. I, I, look, man, I I'm not a big I'm not a big uh, liquor drinker, but you can, unless you barely know her, yeah. But when it comes to beer, I can I can drink beer from the minute I get up in the morning till the middle of the night I go to bed and probably never get really drunk because I can't physically fit enough. I mean, if we're if we're not if we're not talking <laughs> like physically fit. Enough. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm not talking like nine percent IPAs, but like if I'm drinking something like Miller Lite, I can't put enough Miller Lite into my stomach to actually get me really drunk. You know, I can get a little... Dude, so I've just, been sitting here the entire time we've been doing this show drinking Black Tooth Grins, so... I've just I've been drinking Blue Powerade, and the reason is not because I didn't want to drink. It's because I just really, really... I had a Blue Powerade in my fridge, and I've been looking all day. I'm like, I want that. I really do. I'm going to save it for the show. That's what I'm going to do. And um, I didn't pour any liquor in it or anything. I just drank it because, you know, it was good. Anyway... Hey, you um, know what? That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Hey, I like it. Uh, I'm only doing Black Tooth Grins because it's dime. Right. I so just, just I, to I, clarify, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be hardcore here. I'm just doing it because of dime. After this blue Powerade, I feel I need like a hot dog and a bowl of cheese. But anyway, um, thank you for listening. It's been fun as usual. Hey, and if you're if you're new to the show, sometimes we have wacky episodes like last week. Sometimes we have some episodes where it's more has a little more substance. I don't think we had substance today, but you get my point. There were a little bit more le- legitimate conversational topics with some points there. Um, I don't know. It happens. But anyway, I'm going to get out of here. We're both going to get out of here. It's going to be a good time. We will be back next week. Uh, oh, one more point before we go. Um, we have said in in the early days, we never took any time off during the holidays. And we always made sure we recorded. Um, and we said when we brought the show back that we weren't necessarily going to do that. However... Christmas Eve and Christmas and New Year's and New Year's Day aren't on a Friday. So I there's it is very likely that we are still going to do the show because we always record on Friday nights and that doesn't interfere with any holiday stuff this holiday break. I'm on vacation uh, at yeah, that point anyway, so it's like I'd be cool it with was, that. Like no, to be honest with you, I'm more likely to be more fun because I won't have work to worry about, so we'll see. What I was going to say is there was a couple of years ago when we did the original when the show's original season was on, that 
we recorded that like we would have had to record on New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve, and we're like, oh man! So we recorded episodes in advance, and I think it was a pain in the ass. Well, this we, year, this we year did we our radio show on New Year's Eve that one time. Yeah, dude, we actually we counted down. We were on the radio New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine. So we counted down the year two thousand live on the radio. And then what um, did we do the next day? We saw Metallica. Exactly. So that that With dude, Kid they're, Rock they're, and yeah, Seven Dust, seven who dust. I fell asleep during, who were. Very boring. Dude, you fell asleep during Ghost recently. I fell asleep during Seven Dust. Yeah, I didn't pass out. I was like, I want to take a nap. I could have took a nap. It was good. Well, I, you know what I mean? I got up early. I'd been on a train. I was hungry. I ate. And I, I'm like, no, I take to a clarify, nap. you were on a train. You did not run a train. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Sadly, I didn't run a train on a big old set of boobies. But, you know, hey, it's okay. I should have. But you need anyway. to get a conductor hat. Yeah, <laughs> when I I why, why are you asking that? Because I like running trains. Uh, <laughs> so if any of our listeners out there have an old lady who likes... Never mind. Uh, okay. <laughs> See, we now we're on. going towards a classic heavy metal hangover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, folks, just remember, always say yes to bone movies. <laughs> I haven't said that in a while. Um, I do... I always... Every time I post on Instagram, which I don't do all that often, when I do, I always hashtag yes bone movies. So always say yes to bone movies. And always say hello to boobies. Anyway, uh, it's time to get out of here. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal. Nail it, dude. It ain't no candy. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. With your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Duff.